This is Kate Beckinsale. You're listening to Bacon Sale. Friends, either you're closing your eyes to a situation you do not wish to acknowledge, or you are not aware of the caliber of disaster indicated by the presence of a podcast in your community. <laughs> well, we got trouble, listener. Right here in Salt Lake City, with a capital T that rhymes with B that stands for Bacon Sale. Yeah! <laughs> so not exactly singing. I told you. You got That's me. good, though. Yeah. Well, I was really happy. Thank you. Uh, welcome to Bacon Sale. I'm Joel. I'm Kent. And I'm Zach. We'd like to thank you for listening to our last show, the one where we talk about TV. Again. Yeah. We, we, <laughs> Again. Well, we didn't, I was going to say, we had a lot of new shows that we were able to talk about. Yeah, no we, repeat answers. That well, was kind of, well, kind of. Yeah, we, yeah. We, yeah, it was tricky, but we got through it. I think we had a great time. We find Braden, thanks for coming. That was great. Honestly. And very, very popular episode art. So good job there, Ken. Somehow, because a it was like last minute, like, do you guys like this? I'm not sure about this. But then apparently the listener did. Just a, a little golf clap to you, Kent. Oh, Good thank job. You. Thank you. Uh, also, I loved this call out on Instagram from Crumpy Lady who said that her husband wants you to know that the end credits were tier one. And I agree. If you haven't listened through to the entire episode, just just like, go to the end and listen to the end part. <laughs> Once the music starts playing. A little, uh, it was a little behind the scenes yeah. stuff. You get a little peek it behind was, the curtain. It was a lot because we did an uncut episode that you can listen to on Patreon.com. Slash bacon cell. Exactly. And you can hear everything, but there is a spider that attacked us in the bacon cave. It and didn't that attack us. It kind of did. I was I screaming. I had to play dad in the room. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And you missed it. You didn't even kill it. I know. Get away. It's still in here somewhere. Yeah. And then on Twitter, Kendall Elias and said, let me get this straight. The guy whom we believe is a hipster and a movie <laughs> snob is really a slack-jawed yokel who watches gutter trash soaps and reality shows? Uh, I think that's hipster because it's a canceled soap opera from the 90s. Oh, okay. Back then it wasn't hipster. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> After years have passed. <laughs> mm, how about that? Yeah. I'm passionate about it. But it was a fun show. It was. It was really fun. And we also, I was going to say, just briefly mention, we had our uh, dinner with the Baking Council recently. Yeah. Which was a good time with them. We, we got together, spoke to each other. Saw each other, ate food together. It was it was a good time. It was lovely. And uh, I was going to say, there's a lot of fun stuff going on over at patreon.com slash bacon sale where you can support bacon sale. Your Subway song is at, now released as a single. Released single. You can actually see almost all the songs I've ever done here on bacon sale are there. I shouldn't say that because I've done a lot. but A lot. But uh, there's a lot of them on there. And they have little tags so you can click song and see all the songs that were there. Or so good. Or behind the bacon and see all the behind the bacon stuff. And that is an interesting thing you bring up. Some people may not even know. If you signed up for Patreon today, if you never signed up before, if you signed up today, you get all of our backlog. Yeah. Yes. Anything that has been posted on Patreon, as long as that has existed for Bacon Sale, you now have access to. There you go. There's our Patreon plug. <laughs> yeah, there you wow. go. I just dovetailed into that. And we probably should do a contest at some point. Yeah, we should too. Yeah. yeah. But that's not what we're talking about today. What are we talking about today, Zach? Oh, we're talking about musicals. <laughs> I was waiting for the K and yeah, yeah, uh, musicals. You mean like we're talking about plays? We're talking about musical movies, specifically those that started on the stage and moved over to the big screen. That's right. We're going to be tiering movie musicals today, and we're just going to call them movies or musicals. Movie yeah. musicals is too much, but these are stage yeah, to screen adaptations, meaning. It was on a stage at some point, and then it became a movie. We're not doing ones that were specifically musicals just made for movies, nor are we doing ones that were movies that then became plays. Look, we're only doing 18 selections here. We, yeah. So what I'm trying to say to you right now is just you wait, because we're just doing more stage to screen later, yeah. and then we're doing maybe screen to stage. And, and maybe so, just screen. Like, yeah. And so like mind blown, we're not talking about singing in the rain today. Because we, well, we found out singing in the rain was specifically made for the screen. Yes. And then it became a play. But we will get to some of your favorites if we don't cover them in this episode. We're sorry. We did a random selection from a bigger list. 
we'll see how it goes. We did. We, we had a list of about 40 something yeah. that we were still building on. And then we narrowed it down to these 18. So we can do mostly arbitrary. So we, so easily divisible by three. So we can do six tier ones, meaning the highest rating, right? Six tier twos being the middle and six tier threes being the lowest. Zach, how do you feel about musicals? I'm a fan, <laughs> but you know, what's funny. I have seen fewer movie musicals than both of you. That, that was the, yeah. we, we put together the spreadsheet mm-hmm. and we checked off all the ones we'd seen. And it was funny because Zach, you came in and I was like, I thought, I thought he was like the musical guy. Yeah. I have seen well, you're substantially in fewer. You have yeah. a decent voice. Yeah. I, I try. Decent voice. I try. Right. But I'm Tony also, award keep winning. Him, keep him humble. I'm mostly fun. Not the, not the award Tony. I mean, actually, Tony Discano. What up? <laughs> I'm my name's Tony. Tony. You want to be in my Joe? Um, yeah. No, I'm a big fan of musicals. I did grow up, grew up watching them. Um, and then I've been able to participate in some. But one thing that's interesting is I, the ones that I watched kind of watched on repeat. I like musicals a whole lot, but yeah, I, I am less experienced in movies than you guys. Thought that was fun. Well, and I, one of the things I find most interesting, Ken, is many people see you as kind of the dark hipster gritty guy you who like, loves soap operas. You, 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 well, <laughs> sure. Yeah. But I mean, yeah. you like movies that are like, you know, Fight Club and Seven. And those no, are I like, like I like grim endings. And then for you're sure. like, yeah, I loved the ending of Seven and Man of La Mancha. <laughs> no, <laughs> if I get on stage and I am not a singer, I will sing Don Quixote. Yeah. Yeah. But you like musicals. I try to act like I don't like them, but I like them. I yeah. think the musicals honestly fall, fall into the same brain space as like a Fast and the Furious or like a popcorn superhero movie. Ooh, because it's like that's kind of a take. slam against musicals, though. Well, that's but it's, it's are you the saying because it has a formula where everyone knows a dance, for example? Yeah. Well, there's, there's like a love of disbelief. song. There's a certain yes. suspension when of disbelief. When someone starts yeah. singing on the screen, I know a lot of people who are like, this is fake. Like their yes. brain just goes, that's not right. You don't, people don't do that. Right. Yeah. But there is, like you said, there's, I think there's. So they might as well be punching a torpedo yeah. being chased by a submarine at that point right. yes. and singing about it. So that's yes. one of the rules of theater is if you have a character whose emotions become too big for just saying something, then they need to sing. And yes. if those emotions become too big, then they need to dance. So the same thing is if your emotions become too big for your barbecue, then you need to punch a torpedo. (laughs) (laughs) Then you go to space. I feel like we should install that new rule for bacon cell. Whereas if we get angry at each other, we We do have to sing. We have to sing our anger. (laughs) And you're wrong. (laughs) Uh, Why did you make that choice? Okay. So for me, like musicals, it's no, it probably should be no surprise that I I love musicals. Of course you do. But only certain ones. Like, I don't know what it is. Like Zach, you're kind of right in that. I had my handful that I watched a lot over and over again. Yeah. I had my ones that I was in or friends were in that I went to go see. Which definitely alters your opinion. Totally does. I, I'm you, biased on some of these because yeah. of that. And you have your kids watch musicals like every Sunday, well, and right? During the quarantine, we weren't able to go anywhere for a while. Mm-hmm. And so I did Song and Dance Sunday, which was every Sunday I'd pick a classical musical and then show it to my kids. Some liked it. Some didn't. Okay. But we had a great time. And I crossed off a lot of classical ones. And then one, I, I did all the ones I'd seen and then I started expanding into further ones. Mm-hmm. I found that some of them classical ones that I hadn't seen before maybe aren't as good as everyone's hyping them up to be. Mm -hmm. Okay, so we have 18 movies to get through. 18 movies. Let's hop through these. We have decided as we go through this, we have our arbitrary list, which is just a slice of life as far as musicals go. We are going to go in chronological order, starting with the oldest. The oldest on our list. Oldest on our list, not the ever, though this one uh, has a a dog in that fight. Um, So yes, we're going to start there. Let's go with from 1955. Oh, Oklahoma! Okay. Exclamation point. Okay. L-A-H-O-M-A. Like, um, like mother. 
Is it like mother? Mother, mother. Oklahoma. <laughs> uh, so the original Broadway run of Oklahoma was 1943 to 1948. 2,212 performances. So this ended well before the movie came yeah, out. which came out in 1955. Hugely popular. Yes. Uh, if you don't know the story, in Oklahoma, that's where it takes place, <laughs> several farmers, cowboys, and a traveling salesman compete for the romantic favors of various local ladies. I just, I just basically think of it as like the ratio is off. There's more men than women. Yeah. That's kind that of the story like for that. me. Yeah. Well, in Oklahoma, that's how it is. Yeah. Oh, what? I'm pretty sure. Okay. Yeah. Keep me out of there. <laughs> and it's before Oklahoma is a state, still just a territory. This is one where I did have friends that were in Oklahoma in a play, mm. and I saw it, and I appreciate my friends. And I enjoyed it, but I was not in the play. So I, I hope to think I'm not biased by my opinion on this. By the way, this, uh, it's 1955, but I looked and this has the lowest box office of any movie we talked about. Not really? adjusted for inflation. Okay. But it definitely like had a budget. It of, feels more epic. It does. But this had a budget, and this is back in 1955, mind you, a budget of $6.8 And the box office only came back with $7.1 Oh, wow. So slim margin there. I loved that they used the, well, for most of the scenes, and I say that not really knowing, but the actual outdoors. Yeah. Like yeah. it didn't just feel like, oh, hey, there's like a, there's a screen of nature behind everyone on a soundstage. A What's a lie? It's not Oklahoma. Oh, no. This place it, should be called Arizona. Is it all filmed in Arizona? Mostly all film, all the outdoor stuff. A lot of the outdoor stuff was filmed in Arizona, and then they have the soundstage in California. Nothing was filmed in Oklahoma. Nothing. A-R-I- Yep, A-R-I-Z-O-N-A, I spelled it. I forgot. Arizona. Exclamation point. I was Arizona. Arizona. This felt like it could work really because I haven't seen it on stage. It felt like it could work really well on stage and on screen. Yeah. Well, I mean, and like because they, they use the sets well. Like the, the for example, there at the train station. Mm-hmm. All of a sudden, there's a random like tap dance number. Yeah. Right, which works. Yeah, that honestly works really well for me. I love me a good surprise tap number. Uh, of course, it's every. I will try and remember. I mean, all cowboy step dancing. It's fine. I need it in yeah. my life. My last name's Western. Do you put tap? Do you put taps on boots? Right? They're called spurs, Joel. No, that's like they jingle. They don't. Tap. That's back taps. Yeah. No, it was it was weird. This show has like they'll sing the song and then they have the ballet version, which is like they they sing the song and now we have to do the dance after. Yeah. But this musical is super important because it's considered the first book musical. Meaning it was the first, you know, you have your Gilbert and Sullivan, which is like an operetta. They sing mm-hmm. the whole time. This is the first time where it's like, we're going to have a story that has a beginning and an end. And the songs contribute to that story for the most part. And the dances contribute for the most part. And this created basically the modern musical. And this was uh, the first time that Rodgers and Hammerstein got together. That's Richard Rodgers and Oscar Hammerstein II. Mm-hmm. They, this is their first time collaborating, and they went on to have great success yeah. and, and multiple movies on this list. I remember liking this movie more. Like, like I said, the play, my friends were in it. I enjoyed it. Watching it with my kids, I was like, okay, there's a couple plot points I didn't really remember. And some of the musical numbers go on a little long. Mm-hmm. Like, just keep going for a bit. And I'm like, yeah, you can dance. We get it. But... I still like it, so I'm going to give this a tier two. It's right in the middle for me. Um, I think this is important, so you know I'm going to give it credit for that. But I did find a fun fact about this one: the actress who played Edo Annie, Gloria Graham, Mm -hmm. she was tone deaf, and Mm -hmm. so her singing had to be literally spliced together, almost note for note, (laughs) like Charlie Brown kids. And it's not even that good. Also, this is Shirley Jones' film debut. Yeah, yeah, although she was in the play before she was in this. A lot. Yeah. We're going to see that a lot where they were in the stage production mm-hmm. and then so they carry over into the film, some people. Yeah, for the most part. Yeah. I personally think the best song is Oh, What a Beautiful Morning, which oh, is the so, very so first good. song. Although I always get a little into chicks and ducks and, and geese, better scurry. Because <laughs> they got I, the story with the fringe on top. You mentioned this is, uh, you, well, a lot of these are long. 
Joel, this is three-fifths of a Snyder Cut long <laughs> at 145 is, is minutes. Is that a unit of measurement? Three-fifths of a Snyder Cut. So a perfect measurement. Okay. Thank you. Yeah, which a uh, uh, Snyder Cut is four hours and two minutes. Yeah, so this is 145 <laughs> minutes long. You so. would. And I also, uh, an hour and a half. I also give it a tier, tier two. two. Okay. I'm tier giving two. this a tier one. Oh, it is. Fine. It is an absolute classic. We wouldn't have musicals without it. And I enjoyed watching it again. Yeah. Okay. All right. Now we're going to move to 1961's West Side Story. <laughs> Did you know Natalie Wood couldn't snap her fingers, so her finger snapping had to be dubbed? What? A lot of actors are dubbed. I didn't know the finger snapping, but I know a lot of actors singing voices. voices. It's not them. Almost exclusively dubbed uh, at this So West Side, West Side Story was on Broadway from 1957 to 1959, 732 performances, so significantly less than Oklahoma. But it did have a lot of revivals after that. It's Romeo and Juliet. It's these two youngsters from opposite sides of the tracks falling in love with each other. And But it's set in New York City. It's with Dance Fighters, the sharks movie. Sharks and Jets. Yeah. Yeah. And that's my issue with this movie is that it is a Best Picture winner. Yes. It is regarded as one of the greatest musicals of all time. Uh, according to Zach. But every time they start dancing, I'm pulled out of the movie and I had to like, don't laugh. Don't laugh. It's supposed to be, supposed to be good. Oh my gosh, this is the worst fight ever because they're dancing. That's literally only in the first scene. It happens a couple times. But it's only it's egregious only in the first scene. But did it deserve 11 Academy Awards? Well, it was nominated for 11 Academy Awards. It won 10. 10 Academy Awards for West Side Story. It was the highest grossing film of 1961, beating out The Parent Trap and 101 Dalmatians, I might add. Yeah, it should have. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it should have. Uh, because this is one of Michael Bay's favorite movies. Well, oh, obviously. Bringing it into that, huh? 21 out of 43 people found that interesting. <laughs> One thing I did, I did find interesting, though, that they have two directors on this. Yes. You got Jerome Robbins. He choreographed dances and things like that. Mm -hmm. He did all the musical stuff. And then Robert Wise, who did Run Silent, Run Deep, I think, and uh, Sound of Music, Sound of that music. as well. Yeah. But he did the kind of the more gritty acting parts, which gave it this kind of cool balance of like, oh, it's a drama. Now it, it's a musical. It's a bit heavier for a musical. Robert Wise also did uh, the first Star Trek movie. Oh, yeah, he did. That's right. <laughs> oh, okay. And Andromeda Strain. Well, and the, the funny <laughs> oh, thing was, is Jerome Robbins so actually... So entertaining. He, he was directing for the first little bit, but then it was like over budget. It was over over schedule. Yeah. So they finally just went, okay, get off and we'll let Robert Wise finish it up. But he pr probably still got the best director. Well, he, Robert one. Wise actually said, no, he deserves some credit. So Okay. Some credit. Good for them. Yeah. Elvis Presley was actually going... He was approached to be Tony, the main role in there. But his uh, manager, Colonel Tom Parker, said, nope, Elvis doesn't want to do that. Well, they yeah. were looking for the lead role, and they were actually uh, considering Warren Beatty mm -hmm. as one of the lead roles. So they were watching this movie he was doing uh, called Splendor in the Grass. They were watching reels of it. And they saw this girl in there, and they're like, who's that? And it was Natalie Wood. Oh, she nice. She didn't even audition for this. They saw her and went, she, she is Maria. Wow. And pulled her into this. Uh, with songs like Tonight, America, Somewhere, Maria. This is a tier one musical. I feel pretty. Please. Yeah, I feel pretty. Yeah. yeah, you do feel pretty. I want to live in America. This is a tier one musical. Uh, some the some of the script is a bit old, a bit dated. Yeah, but G Officer Krupke. It, it's still great. I'm giving it a tier two. Wow, saving your tier ones. I am, and I feel bad with this one because once again, this is one where I know a lot of people love this movie. I like it. I, I think it's a, a clever adaptation of Romeo and Juliet. Is it because of the way it ends? Like, does it make no. you sad? Does it have to be a mood musical? No. I mean, Romeo and Juliet doesn't end too happy either. Yeah. Like that. But this is, it's it's the acting and the choreography kind of just felt very dated. And the story dragged on a little long because this is 152 minutes, Zach, which is... This is five-eighths of a Snyder Cut. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think wishes. this is a classical music. And maybe it is because it won Best Picture. And I'm kind of like, really? Really? 
And so I I get this here too. Don't you see like friends coming down the hallway and then you look at each other and then all of a sudden you get real low. And, yeah. And that's I mean that's I've tier one. That. Tier one just for that. This has this has definitely embedded itself in our culture. Yes. And I'm I'm wondering what Steven Spielberg's adaptation is gonna be like here in a bit. Yeah. If it's gonna be as more serious, classic. but probably not much to add. Yeah. I'm guessing. Probably Zach, did you give your tier yet? Nope. He's waiting. Tier one. This is my highest tier one on my entire list. This is probably my favorite show. I love it so much and I could go on for a long, long time. I'll tell you. But that. you're not going to or are you? Nah, I'll do a little bit. Uh, I think the best song in this show uh, is the Tonight Quintet. That is where they're singing the the song tonight, but everybody else is in interjecting their part of it, right? You've got yes. the, the jets are talking about the rumble. The sharks are getting ready for the run. One day more. Yeah, pretty much. Anita's going to get ready for what she's about to do, which is spicy. Uh, and then <laughs> the lovers are being lovers. And Jimmy's friends are talking about zero population. Yeah, exactly. Point. Exactly. I remember. <laughs> yeah. The nice. worst song is I feel pretty. No. Yep. I love that song. So you can't be trusted. So if you're judging this musical based <laughs> Wait, on the... I can't, can't be, be trusted. trusted. You're, hey. you're judging this musical based on the opening number and I feel pretty. No wonder you don't like it. No, I love I feel pretty. Yeah, it's terrible. Hey, I love if you're going to show look. that kind of aggression, yeah. sing it. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm about to. <laughs> no, uh, I... This is a musical that... It's, it's important to me. It, it means a lot to me because I got to play a medley of it when I was in band and it was, uh, it was playing in like the orchestra. What did you play? Bass clarinet. Oh, wow. Yep. And uh, it Ladies was one of, man. one of the first songs that I felt really, really good about and I got emotionally attached to it. And cool. now I listen to this music just by doing this research uh, and playing Tonight Quintet about 50 seconds into it, I started crying. Oh, I don't know what it is. It really just, it touches me. And I watch, I watched it on an airplane on a very long flight once. And I'm just sitting on the plane and the movie's ending. And it's this sad, you know, how many bullets are left in this gun? And I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> is that your ugly cry? Yeah. Oh, <laughs> I, love it. Bad. I think the world of this show, warts and all, I love it. That's all. You've sold it. Move on. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And next up, we have 1962's The Music Man. He's a what? He's a what? He's a music man. What do you talk? What do you talk? What do you talk? What do you talk? What do you pick a pick a pick a pick a talk? I love talk a little, pick a little. Uh, music Man, it ran from Broadway from 1950s. 1957 to 1961, 1,375 performances, and then the movie came out in 1962. Yes, so Harold Hill poses as a boys' band leader to con naive Iowa townsfolk. You get some notable songs like You Got Trouble, right here in River City. Uh, Iowa Stubborn, uh, I just want to sing all these. 76 trombones, shipoopy, shipoopy. Do you know what shipoopy means? No, uh, it means my daughter has a diaper that I need to change. Is she poopy? She poopy. <laughs> it's a girl who will not kiss until the third date. Yeah. Which, I'm not getting to the third date if someone won't kiss by the second. Well, a girl who kissed on the very first date is usually a hussy. <laughs> so somewhere between hussy and chapoopy. Second time around, she's anything but fussy. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's true. Yeah. Which, that Buddy Hackett is the voice of Scuttle, and my kids picked up on that, and I loved oh, yeah. that. They were that's able to awesome. Pick up on that. This one, 151 minutes long, so... Five-eighths of a Snyder Cut. Pretty long. <laughs> and this one is one that did quite well, yeah. also. Nominated for six Academy Awards, including Best Picture. It won Best Musical Score. And uh, this one is one where a lot, a lot of the cast did come from the stage, which was a concern because they said, we got no bankable names here. Well, not no, but very little bankable names here. In fact, the Harold Hill, Robert Preston, people are like, no one's going to come see a movie with him in it. But he was the music man in the yeah. stage production. And they said, put him in there. Fine. I know Zach really likes the actress who plays uh, Marion. Uh, in this movie quite a bit Shirley Jones <laughs> is it Shirley Jones <laughs> probably have you complained about her a few times I yeah so it's Shirley Jones uh, you asked so I do best and favorites yeah sorry 
So I'm doing best song, worst song. My best song is uh, You Got Trouble. And my worst song is Anything Marion Sings. <laughs> oh, I really don't like her character at all. Do, 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 do. It's so good. This is one where, oh, yeah, I was going to mention this. Bing Crosby was actually offered the role mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. he, he uh, turned it down. Then they went to Cary Grant and said, would you like to be Harold Hill? And he denied saying nobody could do that role as well as Bob Preston. And he said, I would not see this movie unless Preston were in it. So that fun fact of Cary Grant being cast in almost every one of these movies, <laughs> he kind of decides who's going to be the main star. Yeah. And I love it. He kind of points and says, that person's going to be your star. So Meredith Wilson, who came up with the music or composed the music. Wasn't he in Batman? <laughs> yeah. yeah. He, made, he made more from the Beatles version of Till There Was You than he did from the play and the movie combined. Yeah, yeah. because the Beatles covered that song. Yeah, and so all the royalties were, like, were huge. Yeah. Uh, which we should mention too, uh, Ron Howard, little baby Ron yes. Howard, Howard, Howard. Gary, Indiana, He's adorable Gary, Indiana, Gary. Ind- I think it's like the crime capital of the world now. That's fine. <laughs> yeah. uh, this was the third highest grossing film of 1962, which is funny. I, I, I see this only because it's amazing to me how many musicals were like in the top 10 of that time. Well, this was like the MCU of its time. Yeah. If, if we were doing a podcast back in the 60s, I'd be like, oh, uh, knock musical. it off. Another C minus musical Shared musical universe. <laughs> I have to shout this one out for this is probably my favorite musical lyric of all time. It's in Iowa Stubborn. You mentioned that song, which yep. is awesome. But they say, but what the heck? You're welcome. Join us at the picnic. You can have your fill of all the food you bring yourself. And I just think that <laughs> yeah. is so funny. <laughs> it's hilarious. That's fun. It's um, funny. It's funny. It's quite funny. Sorry. This is a tier one for me. Oh. I absolutely love the music, man. Every time I watch it, I enjoy it. I've seen it on stage. A high school production, but I'll say on stage. Yeah. yeah. Those count, right? Uh, sort of, yeah. I've seen it on stage. I've seen it in the movie, and I just enjoy it. I really do. So tier one for me. I agree with you. I also give it a tier one. I thought you didn't like it. I like it. Wow. I, I grew up with the movie. I don't like the stage production a ton, uh-huh. but uh, I grew up with the movie. I have fond memories. And when you watch it at home, you can fast forward through Marion. Yeah, that's very <laughs> true. This one was in tier one, but I changed it to tier two. So it's upper tier two because it's I made a controversial a choice later. And I'm oh, sorry. It's not a thing. So it's tier two. Yeah. Tier this, two. this is one too. I also have associated with my grandpa where he used to sing Goodnight Ladies. Yeah. And he, he loved barbershop stuff. And so I've actually, I, I love that song when he sang it. I loved it in this movie. And I actually used it for one of my daughter's songs. So nice. It's well, got a uh, personal yeah, connection yeah. there too. I should point that out. I, I'm biased. Next up, we have 1964's Five Sevenths of a Snyder Cut, My Fair Lady. All I want is a room somewhere. This is uh, the original play of My Fair Lady, ran from 1956 to 1962, 2,717 performances. And then the movie came out two years later in 1964. So snobbish phonetics professor Henry Higgins agrees to a wager that he can make flower girl Eliza Doolittle presentable in high society. What was the professor's name? Henry Higgins. No, it's not. Henry Iggins. Henry Iggins. Henry Iggins. Just you white. Uh, it's got songs such as Wouldn't It Be Loverly, With a Little Bit of Luck, I Could Have Danced All Night, and Get Me to the Church on Time. So is this a musical? Because I'm not sure it counts when Rex Harrison is speak singing. Rex Harrison can't Did you hear my opening, though? Yeah. With Harold Hill? Harold Hill does not sing as much as I, I A lot of these I leading men Yeah, but Robert sing. Preston can actually sing. He can. Yeah. But that's what, like the worst song in this Are is... Are you saying that this... It's not singing <laughs> when I'm talking like this to a tune. <laughs> ordinary Man is the worst. An Ordinary Man is like the worst song in this. And this is uh, based on the 1913 stage play. Uh, the, the play of My Fair Lady is based on, based on the 1913 stage play of Pygmalion. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
And so this goes way back of that story of changing someone's stripes, changing it's, someone's stripes. It's a, uh, she's all that. Yeah. This is all based on she's all that, right? Oh, yes, exactly. <laughs> Retroactively. <laughs> they had a time machine. They're like, that Freddie <laughs> Prince Jr. movie where Rachel Lee Cook was always attractive in the glasses. Uh, so this one has kind of a sad backstory with the whole production because yeah. Julie Andrews was in the original play, not the 1913 one, but in the 1956 version. And she was just barely getting into the scene, but everyone knew she was crazy talented. Mm -hmm. So they're about to make this movie, but the producer was the worst person ever. Kind of terrible. Hated Julie Andrews mm -hmm. for some reason and said, no, she's not going to be in the movie. Audrey Hepburn was like, hey, I don't think I should be in this movie. I think it should be Julie Andrews. He's like, well, even if you quit, it's not going to be Julie Andrews, so you better stay in the movie. Mm -hmm. And she practiced for months. This is Audrey Hepburn. Practiced for months for this movie, mm -hmm. and they dubbed over her she voice. Dubbed. She didn't yep. even know that it no. was going to happen that way. And so everyone hated this. Rex Harrison hated Audrey Hepburn, Did and vice versa. Away. I think Julie Andrews did have the last laugh because this was the second highest grossing film of 1964 because Mary Poppins was number there one. There we go. This is the kind of musical, especially I've watched this one and a half times now. This is the kind of musical. One and it, a half? Yeah. Whereas if I saw the stage play, I'd be checking the playbill two songs in. And yep. those are two of the best songs in the play. Yeah. Where I'm like, oh, I really don't like this. How many more songs? Oh, no. Two and a half hours? Yeah. I did not enjoy this either time. I, I don't really like this movie at all. I didn't like it when we did our best picture uh, show. Mm -mm. Oh, this is a classic, Kent. Uh, it's a classic for and all the wrong reasons. it's a pioneer of technology. Go on. Because Rex Harrison, as you mentioned, is a... Is a he's CG, right? A wonderful singer. Uh, <laughs> but he never does his lines the same way twice. So he's like, I can't lip sync to my own singing because I do it differently at time, depending on what mood I'm in. Uh, so they actually did a type of wireless microphone, which was the first such use during production of a motion picture. And this was 1964. Yeah. Wireless mics. I don't know, Kent. I don't know how you could hate this because this is a tier one for me. It's a tier three. Tier three? Yeah. I hate the ending. I don't like the music. I don't Audrey like Hepburn is a national treasure. I love This her. movie proves why her she's a national her treasure. Her the accent, horrible. Have you ever seen the second act? Have you stayed awake yes. that long? <laughs> yes. We give a hard time to Sound of Music. This is only nine minutes shorter than Sound of Music, and it's this worse. Is, yeah, this is 170 minutes long. Loses steam real quick. Okay, this has all-time great songs, right? I Could Have Danced All Night is amazing. Yeah. And, the, by, and it's the best song in the show. On the me. Street Where You Live. On the Street Where You Live. Wow. Such a good song. So many individual good songs. But I'd rather just listen to really talented people sing some of the good songs than actually watching this show. I have a lot of shows where I just don't like the second act. Mm-hmm. And, and it's kind of, especially golden age musicals, you're like, okay, we've heard all the songs and now we just get to reprise everything and hear it again. And it has to be dramatic for some reason. This is the worst offender of that by far. I will still give it a tier two. Thank you. But it's a low tier two. Okay. Across the That's board. That's not a thing. I know. It's, I'll count it. Low tier two. Stop it. Uh, Basically tier three. This did beat Goldfinger at the box office. Next up, we have 1965's The Sound of Music. The hills are alive. Uh, You're going to stop there. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I can't sing. The sound of music. Oh. <laughs> Are we doing Moulin Rouge now? No, it's Star Trek. Oh, oh I was thinking it was good vibrations. <laughs> oh. So the original Broadway run was from 1959 to 1963, 1,443 performances, and then the movie came out in 1965. A woman leaves an Austrian convent to become a governess to a naval officer, widower's children. Funny the thing. hitman's wife's bodyguard. <laughs> The funny thing about this movie is that it is based on Maria Von Trapp's true story, the story of the Von, of the Trapp family singers. I think it's yeah. the book that Von came Trapp out. Von Trapp family singers. Which she published in 1949 to help promote the singing group uh, after the death of uh, Captain Von Trapp, out mm -hmm. of George Von Trapp. And so she, she did this 
book and there were some people who were interested way back then and, and wanted to get it worked out. But then she was kind of wanted the details to be fairly specific. But then when this movie came out, it didn't really it changed a bunch of stuff. Like there's things here that are make not, it too charming, too likable. Well, they, they changed some of the kids names because one of the kids was named Maria. And they're like, well, we can't have two Marias. Therefore, she is. Oh, which one was she? Louisa. Louisa okay. is actually Maria. Uh, he was not captain. He was actually Ritter, which was German for knight. It was a, a title they had in them. They were not living in that huge, sprawling mansion. They lived fine, but it wasn't like that big. Was she even a nun? I don't know if that, but this is the part that I found interesting. Hmm. The kids described their father, because in the movie, he's kind of this emotionally <laughs> yeah, yeah, really jerk. stern. The kids described him as a doting parent who made handmade gifts for the children in his woodshop and would leave and would lead the family in, in musicals on his violin, like a very loving person. On the other hand, they talked about Maria as moody and prone to outbursts of rage. What? No they wonder said, she sang so much. They said she was like a thunderstorm, but they didn't know, like a sudden thunderstorm, but they didn't know when she was going to be happy or when she was going to be mad. So we're getting her version of the story? Basically. She's like, doe, a deer, a female. <laughs> yeah. Start singing, Liesl! Doe! <laughs> they, and she didn't even teach them how to sing. They were learning uh, harmonies and things from a vocal coach before she got into the yeah, picture. And they were, they were married well before 1938. They married for practical reasons at the time. It was not romance at first. They grew to love each other. But mm-hmm. yeah, just kind of very different. And even the ending. Spoiler alert for 1965 The Sound of Music. At the end, they're marching across the hills into Switzerland. Yes. Which they couldn't have done like that if they'd have gone over the hills they'd have ended up like at hitler's summer home basically (laughs) uh it's a sequel (laughs) like in salzburg is like 200 miles from switzerland yeah but they in the in the real life they basically got uh, walked to the train station i like how we're being negative and i'm going to keep it in the negative territory for a little bit because christopher Plummer hated this movie he called it the sound of mucus Yeah, Kevin Spacey. He called it the sound of mucus. Ah, oh, come on. And he and Julie Andrews are friends, but he's like, ah, I didn't really like the experience he, at all. He called her Ms. Disney and was, yes. he, he said it, acting with her was like being hit over the head with a Valentine's Day card. <laughs> I mean, it sounds kind of nice. Sound too bad. <laughs> also in uh, one scene, Gretel swallowed too much water upon falling yeah. out of the rowboat and threw up on Louisa. No, she couldn't swim. Out of the 175, found this interesting. The little girl couldn't swim. They talk about this, how when, the, when they're all waving to the captain, they all tip over in the boat. Yeah. That, like, they're all kind of, ha-ha, that was funny, and then she's drowning, and they had to help her. <laughs> that poor little girl. Uh, this was the highest-grossing film of 1965. This was a Best Picture winner. This did make a ton of money at the box office. In fact, it overtook Gone with the Wind for highest-grossing film of all time, which was unheard of at the time. Right. It's... It, it was a very powerhouse movie. It's delightful. It's absolutely delightful. There's some heavy stuff, obviously. Which, but it's so wonderful. I just listened to a podcast the other day where this girl grew up only watching the first half and thought it ended basically with the wedding. And that's how it ended. And it wasn't until she became an adult that someone said, well, what about the Nazis? She's like, what do you mean the Nazis? Mm-hmm. And she had to watch the second half as an adult and realized a whole other story to this. <laughs> you know what my family musical needs? Running away from Nazis. <laughs> you need some bad guys in there. Oh, yeah. Rolf. Rolf. Yeah. Rolf. Yeah. Oh, that traitor. That part <laughs> makes me so mad every time I see it. Ken, here's what I need you to do, though. I want you to stand here while I stand in the shadows hmm. and just scream, climb every mountain at you. Okay. Because that's... Do, have you noticed? They might as well call this the sound of shadows or the shadows of music. Yeah, this they, movie, everybody's standing in the dark. There's all a lot the of darkness. It, it's so irritating. I am six. Where are you? The lonely Where? Goat, the lonely goat herd didn't stand in the darkness. Lay, <laughs> lay, lay. Oh, man. 16 going on 17. Edelweiss. My, fav- my favorite things. Oh, Edelweiss. Yeah. Every time I hear that. 16 I get, oh. going on 17 is the worst song on the show. I love that one. I hate it. I love it for one reason at the end. Whee! 
It's so good. That's what I do when I get kissed. I mean, it kind of is. Uh, Do re mi, so long farewell. I'm just saying goodbye. I think the best song is probably my favorite things, but it's not a Christmas song. It's It's not not a Christmas Christmas song. It's it's probably the best. Okay, go on. Is this a tier one or is this tier one? It's a tier two. What? 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 I saw it for the first time yesterday. That's right. Yeah. Why did you wait so long to see this one? Just did. It's because it's three hours long. I don't know. Uh, this mm. is delightful. And actually, as the like the day and a half has passed, I'm like, oh, this is really good. Like it's an all timer. I get it. Yeah. I would much, much, much rather watch The Sound of Music than My Fair Lady again. Julie Andrews Prime, right here. Yeah. Oh come on. Yeah. Yeah. Mary Poppins. Mm-mm. Christopher Plummer is a hottie. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh, he was dubbed by the way. Oh, yeah, of course he was. Yeah, but yeah. Uh, they both, Julie Andrews and Christopher Plummer, both learned to play guitar for this role. Um, neither one of them really liked Edelweiss. <laughs> but yeah, I th- I, it's a tier two, but it's on, it, it probably is on the rise. If I really looked at it, it probably should be a tier one. But We'll see how the rest of your list goes. Yeah, it's fine. Yeah, tier one for me. Definitely. Oh, yeah. No question. We haven't mind. agreed on a single one. And now we have from 1969, hello, comma, Dolly! Exclamation point. Well, hello, Dolly! Uh, this original Broadway was from 1964 to 2844 performances. And then the movie came out in 1969. So it actually, the movie came out before the Broadway run ended. The synopsis is quite long. It's all about matchmaker Dolly. Yeah. And there's Robert about Streisand. A, a thousand people in the town. I call this twice the cast of Game of Thrones. <laughs> there's I'm a like, lot of people. Am I supposed to know all these characters? I hope not. It's directed by Gene Kelly, though. That's kind of cool to think about. This one, 148 minutes most of which is just Barbra Streisand just going on and on and on and mm-hmm. on and on and on and on. Right. I, I kept wondering this whole movie, okay, what, why do people like Dolly? Why, why is everyone so obsessed with Dolly? I don't understand this. Because she wears hats? She does wear hats. That's yeah. true. Walter Matthau's in this one, which I was kind of excited to see. Which they did not like each other. Oh, no. Barbra Streisand and Walter Matthau would fight all the time on the set. In fact, she said, oh, she won't talk about this film publicly. She only says, I was too young for this role. That's all she'll ever say. Hmm. Walter Matthau is quoted as saying that uh, he told Barbara that she had no more talent than a butterfly's fart. <laughs> wow. Family friendly. Grumpy old man right there. Yeah. Budget was $25 million and it made $26 million. They actually lost money on this one. Yeah. Uh, this whole movie felt like slapstick. I watched this for the first time two days ago. Really? I think I've seen the stage production. I'm not a big fan of Barbara Streisand. I yeah. I sure probably should be. I don't Hit miss for me. Yeah. This one, I wrote my notes. I can't wait to say goodbye, Dolly. Oh, <laughs> uh, tier three, tier three, all the way. This was one, and I think this is the one with Michael Crawford in it. It I'm is, pretty, yeah, yeah. Is. So yeah. he sings the song "It Only Takes a Moment," which is a nice song. Yeah, but it's one of those things where he's singing in a park to his love, and then everyone kind of stands there staring at him like zombies, and yeah. then they start singing too. It's one of the creepiest moments in musical history. This won three Academy Awards, by the way: Best Art Direction, Best Score of a Musical Picture, and Best Sound. And it was nominated for Best Picture, but didn't win for it shouldn't have. Even though this movie was considered a flop, it was definitely referenced in Wally. I don't know if you remember that. They do both put on your Sunday clothes and it only takes a moment. They, they show those videos. Wally loves those videos. So the movie where he picks up trash, he references a trashy musical. Okay. I wouldn't say trashy, it's but just trash. It definitely goes on too long. It's, Way too long. It's the story's lacking. It's repetitive. It's whimsical. I, I liked it. Okay. But this is a tier three. Yeah. In this list. So, uh, uh, Zach, those give are it a tier three. Those are noises, Zach, not answers. <laughs> I really should have given Sound of Music tier one, shouldn't I? Yeah. Yes, you should have. I gave Hello, Dolly a tier one. Okay, so I grew up with this well, movie. goodbye, <laughs> Zachary. I grew up with this movie. I love Wally. <laughs> I don't know. I like it. 
It's breezy. It's fun. I like Walter Matthau. I've I like Barbara never Streisand. Been more disappointed. I'm sorry. I really you. like it. We're starting to sing because we're angry again. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like the song So Long, Deary or Ribbons Down My Back. I'm going to give you a chance to reverse that decision and give Sound of Music Tier 1. Fine. Fine. If you'll give it to me, I'll give Sound of Music this Tier 1. This is unprecedented. I'll give Sound of Music Tier 1. A big and sell approved? I don't know. I kind of like people hating Zach. Sound of Music <laughs> Tier 1, which does put Dolly to Tier 2, but it's firmly in Tier 2. <laughs> Okay. Do you want people to hate Zach or do you agree? I, the, the show's not, I was going to say, the ink's not wet, dry yet, so I think okay. that's okay. 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 We allow So it. that means sound music's now full on tier one. I like that. It was like I, peer pressure tearing It right was. There. I was feeling guilty about my answer. I was going <laughs> to own it. I like Hello, Dolly. I have a lot of fun watching it. I, my mom watched it a bunch when I was a kid. I, it reminds me of her, and I like her better than you guys. So yeah, hit and miss. Hit yeah. And miss. Some movies she's great. Some well, movies she annoys his me. His mom is hit and miss? My mom? Oh, your mom's oh, awesome. No. Barbara Streisand, yeah, I, I like her in a lot of stuff. But I, I do like her in this one. Fine. I've I downgraded it to tier two. But Wally initially boosted it up to tier one because mm-hmm. I like Wally. Okay. Yeah. Anyway, we need to move on. Fiddler on the Roof, 1971. A Fiddler on the Roof. Sounds crazy. No. <laughs> Broadway started in uh, 1964. 3,242 performances. This is one of the bigger ones out there in regard to running on Broadway. Okay. I'm going to make a guess. Six, eight of a Snyder cut. <laughs> Three quarters. It's three quarters. Okay, three this, quarters is, this is three the longest one minute, longest runtime. So got. this is in pre-revolutionary Russia. A Jewish peasant contends with marrying off three of his daughters, while growing anti-Semitic sentiment threatens his village. This features such song as "Tradition Matchmaker Matchmaker." If I would, I'd reach man to life. Sunrise, sunset, and do you love me? <laughs> I okay. So I obviously I'm gonna uh, show my cards here on the table. I was in Fiddler on the Roof. I played, oh. I played Fiedka, the Russian soldier, so, uh, the Russian soldier, soldier who yes. steals away Chava from Devia. And I got to love this play while doing it. We learned all about the culture of the people of mm-hmm. the time. I learned so many things I didn't know. So I read the musical actually has more levity than the movie does. The movie's super heavy. It's heavy. They, they cut out well, let's see, they cut out some stuff to musical numbers too, but okay. it, it was definitely heavy in the play. Like I remember at the end, we're all kind of like sniffing like, wow, oh, that was... It's really sad. You get to the end, and I know Tevia smiles. Spoiler alert. But it's like, oh, that's horrible. That's so sad. It it definitely ends on a downer. Uh, This stars Topol. Yeah. I love that he's the one-named character. By the way, Topol was like in his mid-30s at this time. Yeah. And so to make him look older, they cut 15 white hairs from the director, whose name is Norman Jewison. It's kind of a convenient name. Uh, and apply them <laughs> to uh, Topol's eyebrows. I can say it. I can get away with it. <laughs> but they put him on his eyebrows. So parts of beard are on his eyebrows. Really? Yeah. No, he looks so old that he when does. I saw him in a James Bond movie, I think it was. Yeah. I saw him and I'm like, wait, isn't he supposed to be old? He looks so yeah. young. Yeah. But he plays Tevia so well. And there's actually some controversy there because uh, uh, a man named Zero Mostel was like the Tevya of the time. He was okay. in Producers. He was in Funny Thing Happened on the Way of the Forum. Yeah. and But yeah. I mean, uh, Topol was doing it as well. But yeah, like Zero Muscles stage, what yeah. made the Tevya performance stand out. And they said, no, we're going with Topol. We're going with him. Because they felt like Zero Muscles' performance might have been too over the top. Zero Muscles very funny. And I don't think that's needed. And, and more broad. Yeah. 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 Can I can I redeem myself from my previous choices and, and well first? I don't I don't know where this goes because it's three hours one minute this is like if people don't like long movies this is going to be excruciating this is the best long movie you could watch tier one 
I, yeah, it's a tier one. For me. It's a tier I, one. I, I it's a tier one. It's an all timer. Hey, yeah, we did I, it! I got, I got to Jewish, life. I got Jewish bias. L'chaim. <laughs> <laughs> Mazel tov. I think the best song is "If I Were a Rich Man." But I love that one. Uh, Sunrise Tradition. Sunset and Sunrise Sunset. Yeah. Sunrise Sunset was oh, man, my. That gets me. If I Were a Rich Man is is the one that you sing. But yeah. Sunrise Sunset is probably the best for me, and I don't like Matchmaker. Yeah, Matchmaker's fine. I, you could take that out, and I would. My, my hipster pick is the "Do You Love Me" one, where it's uh, Tevya talking. Do you, to do you love me? me? No, not do that you one. love me? Do but, you love me? But it's this me? whole conversation of like, you know, it's kind of this more arranged marriages back then. But they have this whole conversation about, well, yeah, we've been married a while, but do you love me? And mm-hmm. I love that conversation, and and so cute. Oh, I'm getting emotional just thinking about it. Do you know who did the music? Not not like put together the actual orchestration for the movie. No, Mr. John Williams. Hey. Really, the, the John Williams. Nice. The John oh, Williams. oh, not a John Williams, no. but the. the. Uh, by the. the way, this was the highest-grossing film of 1971. It beat Diamonds Are Forever and Dirty Harry. Diamonds wow. Are Forever. But, and I'm not saying this is one that I'll be like, "Hey, have a good time. Let's throw on Fiddler on the Roof." Yeah. This is one that every now and then you watch, and you, it's like a reverence where I watch it. And it I'm is? like, "Wow!" It sucks you right into the village, and that's why With for three hours, and maybe it's a two-sitting type of movie. Yeah, but you're like right in there, and you get to know everyone well, that lives there as well. Are for. Yeah, yes. That's honestly what I felt about Sound of Music too. I was like, you know, this one, unlike My Fair Lady, these these knocking on three hour or three hour movies, they're they're still good, right? Yeah. Yeah. This one, I don't mind the runtime because I like living in this world with these characters, even if it's not comfortable all the time. Mm-hmm. So that was a legitimate agreement of tier one. Yeah. No peer pressure. No asterisk. No asterisk on yeah. that one. Yeah. Wow. We did we did at least one thing right on this list, right? Okay. Now, next up, I feel like this is a hard break. We have now moved away from the golden age and we go into 1978's Greece. Greece ran from 1972 to 1980 on Broadway. 3,388 performances. A lot of them. And that's, then the movie that's came the out. Word. And well, and the movie came out in 1978, so before the run was over. That's a story about Sandy and Danny falling in love over, over the summer and then rekindling their romance. Is, is this Pygmalion? Sandy and Prince Zuko. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, notable songs include, of course, Grease, the title song, uh, which was written by Barry Gibb, but sung by Frankie Valley, which is yeah. a cool combination. And we're under the two hour mark on this one. Yeah. This is our first one. It's four ninths of a Snyder Cut. Uh, also, <laughs> Summer Nights, Look at Me, I'm Sandra D, Hopelessly Devoted to You, Grease Lightning, Beauty School Dropout, Born to Hand Jive. You're the one that I want, like all these songs that you just know, and then you put it on a wedding and everyone dances to. Yeah. yeah, I vote you're the one that I want. It's probably the best, but they don't listen to the lyrics. I've come to realize. Fun fact: this musical is the least family-friendly movie that every child of the '80s and '90s has seen. Yeah, a ton too. <laughs> so it's terrible. I, when I was doing Song and Dance Sunday, I was like, maybe we should show my kids Grease, and I started. Looking Do we up. have Grease Junior on video? <laughs> well, then I started looking up, and I'm like, oh, whoa, Grease Lightning, whoa. <laughs> Wait, what does it mean? Uh, nope. I'll, t- I'll tell you this much, Kent. So I actually did, I just recorded it off TV, off uh, YouTube TV, mm-hmm. and it was on I don't know Sundance or Paramount or one of those weird channels. But it was said TVPG, and they were actually muting words in Grease Lightning. Really? Yeah. Yeah, yeah like it's tier two. Even though this is the least expensive movie, least budget, like the budget was only $6 million. Uh, uh, you can't have a flying car with a small budget, okay? Did it fly or did the camera just go down? What? Oh. They died. They died. <laughs> this is a movie that the older I get, the less I like it. Loved it yeah. when I was a kid. And then I'm like, uh, I've grown out of it. But why was that that we used to watch this all the time as kids and think it was so cool? It's so fun. It is so fun. The music is still fun. Yes. I still enjoy it. I was, I was just saying, when the hand jive uh, number came out, I just watched mm-hmm. this one recently. When it came on, I was totally just doing it along with the dance. You, en- you enjoy Hopelessly Devoted to You. Hopelessly Devoted the song, the song that to they had you. finished filming, and then they did not meet the contractual requirement for Olivia yep. Newton-John, so they had to add the she song. She had to have a solo, and they couldn't Are you do. serious? Yeah. yeah. That's filmed, after the film wrapped, they came back and did Hopelessly Devoted to You. Yeah. 
or or the even worse worst song of the show um worst things i could do we definitely need our fun side character who's been through a lot of moral stuff to have a have a dramatic are, are you giving this a tier three zach i think this show has amazing music that but, is all-time great it has lorenzo llamas in it zach. Oh, here's it <laughs> Here's another fun fact. He's the, the jock. Time He's the jock has been referenced dates. on Bacon Cell. <laughs> Here's another fun fact for you. This is almost as good as Grease 2, Tier 3. You're saying Grease 2 is Tier 3. Okay, we agree with you. The Gre- no, Grease no, no, no. Grease, uh, Grease uh, 2 is a solid Tier 2. Please, please help me out here, gentlemen. And you a listener at home, I want you to listen to this. And just finish this. Just echo what I'm going to do How in this song. You know, you know how it goes. Okay. You're the one that I want. You are the one that I want. So you said Honey, you are the one I want, right? You are the one I want. Is that what you yeah, I would say the same thing. Chipmunks lied to me. In chipmunk version, it's <laughs> the you're chip- the one that I want. You are the one, boy. Oh, you wait. You thought it was that? I don't know. If chip- I'm right. That's the chipmunk version. So in my head is what it's saying. It wasn't until I watched it with the subtitles I went, oh, that's not what they're saying. Yeah, Did you believe everything the chipmunks have told you? Chipmunks lied to me. They never called the witch doctor. Yes, they did. They said ooh ee ooh ah ah. But speaking of lying, by the way. This movie gave me unrealistic expectations of what I would look like in high school. You didn't think like you'd a 35 look 35-year-old? <laughs> no, I looked at the cast. Actually, the only teenager... Is that why you bought a leather jacket? The, yes. The only teenager in the main cast, and I say main loosely, was Lorenzo Lamas. He was 19 years old. Stop it. Most we of don't the cast, talk about him anymore. Most Same of the cast... Lorenzo Lamas show. <laughs> Renegade. Most of the cast was like late 20s, early 30s. Carol Channing. No, Carol Channing. Good heavens. Stalker Channing. Stalker Channing, yeah. Uh, who Rizzo. played Rizzo. She was 33 years old. Yeah. yeah. And in fact, when they were doing casting calls, they'd do crow's feet checks on the cast to see if they could and pass it. It was a different time ups. where when you were 30, you looked 55. Yeah, exactly. Whereas now it's like you could be 55 It also 30. is like pre-4K. Yeah. You can't pull that off in HD world. <laughs> yeah. No, I, so what did you give it? I give this a tier two. Okay. It had a, a place in my heart. I'm hopelessly devoted to this because I really don't want to like it, but I just, I watched it. I was like, yeah, here we go again. So, edit, edit. Yeah. <laughs> my kids don't come in the room. They're at the drive-in. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, what happens to the drive-in? Don't, nothing, don't nothing. watch it. Wait, nothing. what does Grease Lightning mean again? So from no, 19... Grease Lightning is the car. It's everything else they say. From 1982, <laughs> we have Annie. Oh, we're moving on. Oh, okay, good. Let's, let's kind of... <laughs> we have to go. Uh, like a movie that children shouldn't watch if we're doing a movie about children. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Ran from 1977 to 1983 with 2,377 performances. By the way, I should, I should clarify, these don't include revivals and right. tours and things like that. This is just the original, original Broadway run. run. So a spunky young orphan is taken in by a rich eccentric, much to the chagrin of a cantankerous woman who runs the orphanage. A lot of words in there that are yes. weird. Uh, such hits as tomorrow, tomorrow, maybe I love you tomorrow. Uh, it's a hard knock life. You're never fully dressed without a smile. I think I'm gonna like it here. Little girls, yeah, little, little girls. girls, girls, little girls. We'd like Carol to Burnett. thank you, Herbert Hoover. Everybody's favorite song. <laughs> Is Carol, least favorite? Worse than the show. Carol Burnett is the reason to watch this movie, yeah. I think. Like, and, and then Tim Curry. Yeah. I was going to Yeah, Tim Curry rocks in this movie. I think Eileen Quinn, title character of Annie, she's adorable. Eileen? She won the Razzie for Worst Actress. I, I hate the Razzies. I, I liked her in this. A lot of people didn't like this, though. In fact, yes. the lyricist of Annie, uh, he did the original play. He did not like this a- adaptation. He said they made Warbucks, an Englishman who screamed, Hannigan, a man crazy drunk, and Annie was too cuted up. He did not like the adaptation, this film adaptation. And it was, sounds right to me. I, that's what I'm like. I don't know what the play's like. I've never yeah. seen it on stage, but if Miss Hannigan is not a drunk man, I, man crazy. I just know the old comic strips where they forgot to draw eyeballs. Yeah, that was creepy. Gross. I'm glad, I'm glad they changed Sold that old all the time. I think this is endlessly endearing, though. Like, from the get-go. It's a hard well, life with all those cute little girls. All is the is this a nostalgia choice? 
it, I think it might be because a lot of people. One of the first musicals I've ever seen. Well, well I, I watched it a lot as a kid, but I yeah. think a lot of people at, who were adults at the time did not like this because it was overly long, overly sappy. Have you noticed where she's climbing up the ladder in the climax of the movie? It's just like this really tall stunt guy. In, in, in the <laughs> in dress, dress. <laughs> yeah, like, go back to it it's kind of weird looking this was nominated for two academy awards for best production design and best song score i don't think it won either one this cost a lot of money to make it was so expensive to make and it actually never really earned that back did it no not really i'm throwing this out there yeah. this is my guilty pleasure tier one right here whoa why is Hard. it gonna be guilty when i agree with you yes okay i thought i'd be the only one no. because a lot of people don't like this movie but hard knock life i sing it once a week to my kids it's a hard every time they do dishes yeah or every time like, they're just complaining about something us. like it's a hard knock life for you <laughs> i'm the worst <laughs> yeah I think it did end up earning its money back, too, if I remember yeah. right. They Maybe on, like, video. Yeah. yeah. You know how you have your nostalgia if you saw it as a kid. I saw yeah. this as a kid and hated it, and it's a tier three. <laughs> oh, <my laughs> like, I have anti-nostalgia for it because I didn't like it as anti-nostalgia? a kid. Anti-nostalgia? Yeah. Tomorrow, tomorrow, a new host, tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> I think tomorrow is the best song in the show. But I, I, it ended up, you know, getting bumped to tier three. I will never choose to watch this on purpose. This is one, though, where it's, I do... It is too sappy. About halfway through the movie, I was like, oh, yeah, there's more movie. Yeah. Because you get a yeah. lot of the fun stuff at the beginning and then fun stuff at the end, but there's kind of that, like, kind of around the, the movies part, mm-hmm. which is a good song, but back, it's, it's yeah. a little draggy. Back to the same problem. The second half is just kind of dull. Yeah, Zach it ended up... hates second three. halves. I don't... I well, the Gilmore Patriarch is also the president in this yeah. movie, so that's a win. I saw that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Edward Herman. Yep. Let's go over. Oh, by the way, that's only uh, one half of a Snyder cut. Oh, oh pretty short. That's digestible. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Now we're going to 1986's Little Shop of Horrors. Little Shop. Little, Little Shop, Shop of Horrors. Uh, this was never hit Broadway. Uh, no. In the original run, mm-hmm. and so it ran from 1982 to 1987 at the Orpheum Theater with 2,209 performances. A nerdy florist finds his chance for success and romance with the help of a giant man-eating plant who demands to be. Fed. Feed me, Seymour. Notable songs include Little Shop of Horrors, Somewhere That's Green, Dentist. You'll be a dentist. It's so Seymour. I think I was a dumb kid. I watched this movie so often as a kid, and I didn't really consider it a musical. Like, I knew there were there were songs, like the Dentist song, yeah. obviously. And yeah. suddenly Seymour, I actually thought was like, oh, is that a stage song? Because I never watched this for the music. I watched it for the story and kind of how devious it all was. It's a little do devious. You think, do you think it was the Disney effect? What, like we we're just so used to having music. I kind of feel that way. Yeah, because when agree I saw with you. the Greek chorus, which is there throughout this movie, I love. Those by the three. way, two of those actresses went on to star in Martin. Yeah, Gina being one of them. Yeah. Oh, fun, right? Martin. And but now I so I rewatched this whole thing yesterday, and I mean devoured it because of nostalgia. And this but, is directed by Frank Oz too, yeah. which is funny. Like, and you can tell because of the puppetry, right? Yeah, a lot of puppetry. That puppet is amazing. Audrey too, the large puppet, was actually uh, designed by veterans of the Jim Henson Company. One of the operators was Brian Henson, Jim's son, which means Audrey too is a Muppet. Yeah. Well, and the, the thing is they couldn't <laughs> get it to look right for the longest time. And then as they were fast forwarding, rewinding clips of the of the, the puppet, they realized if they sp- if they sped it up, it looked kind of realistic. So then they had the puppet move really slow. Really? And then they kind of increased the frame rate oh, on that's the puppet. Cool. And so sometimes the actors have to act slow in front of the puppet whenever they're together. So you said you just rewatched this. I just rewatched it. Okay. First half of the music itself is really good. Yeah. Then it drags because the story gets real dark. Yes. And then the last 10 minutes, the world is destroyed. Spoiler alert. <laughs> it uh, goes in the original version. Go on. They have the alternate. They put the alternate one there. Oh, okay. The, the, the well, okay, how does the alternate end? No, the alternate ending, the one they didn't release, is the one where Audrey 2 ends up destroying the entire world. That's the one I watched yesterday. 
And I was like, why doesn't all this seem familiar? Because, yeah, that's, that's literally the destroying. There are two Audrey twos on the Statue of Liberty yeah. eating helicopters. That is the original ending. And okay. they, gave it, they gave it to test audiences. The test audience were like, that got because dark. Because the last 10 minutes of the movie, none of the main cast is in there at all. Yeah. I have never seen this. Oh, you haven't? You should. Because I was like, is the stage play like this? Because it's so grim. It really is kind of like, hey, will, they, will there be a sequel where the army tries to fight these yeah. evil plants? Well, so they, they filmed the ending. Uh, test audiences hated it. So they had to redo the entire ending with kind of a white pick offense. Basically, is that what yeah. we saw as kids? Because yes, I feel yes. like it wasn't as dark back it, then. It ends with like them, white pick offense, going to the house. Well, they they're go happy, to their, and there's a little Audrey outside in their garden. That's what I saw. That's not the version I watched yesterday, though. Yeah. When what? I was a kid, it was happy. The one I saw. That's crazy. You should watch it. I really want to watch it. So, no, here's the thing is that they released the DVD and it had this alternate ending, the original ending, Mm -hmm. but it was like black and white. The the special effects weren't there. And the director actually went, what are you doing? And he started recalling all those DVDs. Then they colorized it, got all nice. And I think 2012, they got out there. It looked perfect. Yeah. Yeah. Zach, watch it because I was like, I want to. This is taking risks. No, because it's uh, she sings somewhere that's green. Worst song on the show. Wait. Whoa. I don't like somewhere that's green. But then they they end in that. That world suddenly Seymour. I love that song no, so much. No, wait, wait. Oh, no, it's so funny. There oh, it's Shannon. Suddenly Seymour. She's got such a good range. But she, wait, what? Ellen Green is was fantastic. that Rick Moranis's real singing voice? Yeah, yeah, because he's, he's quite good. Yeah, yeah. Well, because it's good. It's it's a character singing role. He doesn't need to be super good. Well, Hold and, on. And jumping back to the original yeah. versus the thing, I want to bring this up. Is that uh, Frank Oz says I learned a lesson that in a play everyone gets killed off. But then they come up for the curtain call and the audience is like, oh, they're fine. Yeah. Like their brain just kind of tricks and trips and says, yeah, they're fine. And this one in movies, you don't get to do that. So these characters you've been following the whole time are just gone and people hated it. She's wearing a wedding dress and yeah. he puts Audrey into Audrey II's mouth. She asks him to. Yeah, it's it's dark. Uh, but Wait, way, that doesn't happen in the one I watched when I was a kid? No. He's wow. Saying, this one, the studio actually wanted Cindy Lauper to play that part of Audrey, but she turned it down. Oh, wow. And here's a fun fact for you gentlemen. The role played by Bill Murray as the uh, dental patient who really likes pain yeah. Yeah. was originally played in the 1960 Little Shop of Horrors by Jack Nicholson. Oh, okay. Which I watched the original 1960 Little Shop of Horrors. Not a musical. No. And not good. Nope. Uh, mm. It's actually pretty bad. And this one is so much better. I really, 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 really like this one. And it's because of the music. Like the story, I like. But I really like the music on this one. Like a lot of it? Yeah. There's like two and a half standout tracks. The, oh, no, I like most. Of, I actually like the majority of the soundtrack except for I don't like Audrey. I, uh, excuse me. I like Audrey. I don't like Audrey 2 singing. Yeah. What? Like the, the big green, uh, bad green mother. What's I'm it? a mean green mother from like outer that. space. By the way, that was nominated for Best Original Song. And it was the first song to be nominated by the, ca- the Academy with profanity in it. Yeah, they yeah. had to censor it when they performed There's it. There's some the language Oscars. in this play. Yeah. Movie, movie, I guess. It actually lost to Take My Breath Away. Uh, this you well you mentioned bill murray this is the only movie where bill murray and steve martin are performed together bizarre what right comedy legends i give this a tier two because the music cannot carry it i do love it for nostalgia it's still entertaining to watch it Oh, I give this a tier one all the way. Tier one, Zach. Yeah. I'm with you oh, on sorry this to one. let you guys down. Finally. It's our shortest runtime, but man, they use every minute well. Two fifths of a Snyder cut. This is awesome. And I like re listened to some of the tracks on here, and they may not stand out, but I love them. You if, know, okay. I love hearing all of them. I love the, the style. I mean, could you sing more than three of them? Probably, Probably not. Probably not. What Probably my, not. One of my dream roles, by the way, to play Seymour? No. Audrey, too? No. The dentist. dentist. I okay. want the dentist number. <laughs> okay. Now, this is where we definitely take a break. 
as far as time goes and make a jump. Yeah, what happened to musicals in the 90s? Or did we just not have any on our list? Well, it's not. They, they faded out a little bit in the 90s. And then something happened there in the late 90s, early 2000s. And it's called Pitch Correction, which is why we get into a bunch more musicals into the early 2000s. Because suddenly they could alter a celebrity's voices to make them sound good? Yep. So it, then you see big stars in movies. Is that why they feel so soulless? Yes. Okay. 100%. Speaking of soulless... 2002 Chicago. <laughs> so this is actually an interesting one because it only ran from 1975 to 1977, only 936 performances. And audiences mostly stayed away from this one. It, it kind of went away because it was just too cynical for audiences. They didn't like it. And it wasn't until this new revival, slimmed down revival, kind of a minimalist revival came along that people went, oh, oh, this is fun. Hmm. Well, that's that what's was in, 90, in, in the 90s, actually. The that's 90s. the thing that's interesting about this movie is this is the first one. The movie is actually based on the revival version of the show. Yeah. So it's, it's not even based on the original. Anyway, uh, can you want to give a synopsis? Yeah, two death row murderesses develop a fierce rivalry while competing for publicity, celebrity, and a sleazy lawyer's attention. The notable songs include All That Jazz, The Cell Block Tango, We Both Reach for the Gun, Mr. Cellophane, and Razzle Dazzle. Do we like the format of this? Because this seems like it's just a stage musical yeah, filmed I, on stage. I do. You uh, do. The theatrical person in me, I, I actually liked the format. It, it, so the concept is, this is a musical occurring in Roxy's mind. So the, the fantastical things Roxy that you being, see. Roxy uh, Renee Zellweger. Renee Zellweger's character, who I don't like her at all, but I, I think she's good in this movie. It, I think the format's cool, just because it's more stagey. And that's the appeal of this show. Mm. Um, the, the original choreography was by a guy named Bob Fosse. Yeah. Who basically invented... Very famous choreographer. Very famous. Basically invented a genre of dance. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of the draw. And so... You can't do as showy a performance unless you stage it this way. So I actually am totally cool with the format for this style of show because really it's just vignettes. It's true. Yeah. It's not as much a through line story, but I don't like the story. I don't. It's, I, it's I just not don't. redeemable. But bad love, people being bad. But I like some of the, uh, what some do you like the, about Chicago? Some Joel? of the songs I really like. Like Mr. Cellophane. You know why you like yeah. it? I love Mr. Cellophane. You like one of the songs? Well, I like Mr. Cellophane. I like all that jazz. I like We Both Reach for the Gun and, and uh, Razzle Dazzle. Those are all the same songs. Oh, Selbong Tango. Those are all the same song. How are they all the same song? Listen to no, it. No other song Ready? says Is this like squish. Nirvana where it's like three chords? Really? What do you mean? Seriously, it's six. Ready? Squish. You do something and then stop. Cellophane, they call me Cellophane. You have to like stop for a second. And all that and jazz. 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 Like it's it's all of the songs are basically the same. So I wrote the, the pop six squish uh uh-uh, Cicero. They had it coming, they had it coming. What? I, don't, I don't know. It's, it's just jazz. I say that every. Did William Shatner write the music? It, there's so many weird pauses in it. Yeah. I said the best song is all of them, and the worst song is all of them <laughs> because they're so <laughs> similar. You know, you really all you do is is Richard Gere's Look. character Billy Flynn, the lawyer. Yeah. He, he oh, brings yes, in a so little bit yes, of this so thing. Yes, so yes. In my opinion, this is redemption for musicals because they're trying to make up for Moulin Rouge losing in 2000. That's Joel's exact words every time we mention Chicago. I'm going to sing now. <laughs> Go on. Because Moulin Rouge should have won in 2001, but they they Gave it to a beautiful mind instead. Beautiful mind, pretty then great. This beautiful one, mind is a good movie. Though. It is, but yeah. Moulin Rouge was so much better than Chicago. But then they were like, "Oh man, we should have given." But it people's to, noses were bleeding this is the at make, the beginning. Of no, Moulin what they should have not done is taken this movie over the, the Holocaust movie with Adrian Brody. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, with uh, the pianist. Yeah, what? and then also or this fellowship one over, or fel- no, the two towers. Was two towers. Was oh, yeah. even yeah, the yeah. better one. Fellowship was Moulin Rouge's year. Uh, so this is one where I just. I don't like it, and I, I've tried to give it a couple chances, and I just can't. I don't enjoy this, the movie. This was Zeitgeist. 
this is like, oh, that movie just really made a splash. These two actresses are in their prime at this point. Let's give it the awards. But it won the best picture and it didn't deserve it because oh, we talk about that every year. What deserves the best picture? Well, but this one very is few one, of the winners. I, I've, no one really talks about this movie no. anymore. No, it was a flash in the pan. And I, I don't know, tier three. I don't want to talk. It's about tier three. Anymore. I'll give it a tier two. <laughs> give it two. It, it's it's low tier two, but it's tier two, and I'll give you two reasons. And their names are Catherine Zeta Jones and Richard Gere. They are very good looking. <laughs> they are very good. <laughs> and also, I get a surprise tap number from Richard Gere. It's he's thinking about what he's going to do in court, and by doing so, is tap dancing for some reason. And I, I like that. Like the thing is that we both reach for the gun is the musical number where he basically uses Renee Zellweger as a puppet. As a puppet. That's a and cool sequence. Yeah. It's like a lawyer telling it the is. client That's what to say. That's a really cool sequence. And they totally want, and it shows him like puppeteering the whole audience. That That is a Renee, good part. Renee Zellweger is a ventriloquist doll. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So cool. Yeah. Now, from the famous director of a couple of Batman movies, 2004's <laughs> Phantom of the Opera. Which is like original Broadway ones, 1988 to present. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. This, this show has been staged over 13,000 times. So has this ever been made into a musical movie before, other than just recordings of the stage production? No, I don't think no. so, no. This okay. was the first one. Which, it's bizarre, right? Yeah. Well, but they, they've been trying to get it actually ready. They were, they were trying to get it done way back when the Phantom was being popular on Broadway. Sure. But then Sarah Brightman and Andrew Lloyd Webber decided to have a divorce, and that kind of threw everything okay. for a loop, and there were some financial issues. But So it, it took a while to get this one going, and this is the version we got? So, synopsis. A disfigured introvert grooms a young child for a decade to become an opera star and his girlfriend. That sounded a lot worse than the... What? Whatever, is that not the story of Phantom of the Opera? Oh, shush. Uh, notable songs <laughs> it absolutely include, is. Think of me, the Phantom of the Opera, music of the night, all I ask of you, masquerade, the point of no return. Amazing which, music. Which Andrew Lloyd Webber, who composed this, mm-hmm. he actually worst. wanted... He chose Joel Schumacher because of the Lost Boys. <laughs> <laughs> so he was having some late night movie marathon. He's like, that movie 25 years ago? No, no, no. This super is, cool. This was back then. He okay, watched okay. Lost Boys and he was so impressed with how Schumacher used music in Lost Boys, which oh, yeah. does well, have a lot of cool music. Cry Little Sister. Yeah, it works and really well. Strange. That he wanted, he wanted him, but then even years later, he still said, yeah, keep going with him. Even though he did Batman and Robin, I want him. I mean, we back on Joel Schumacher a lot. He, maybe 50-50 kind of career. Yeah. But I think the way this movie sets up, and I know the play, the musical does it better. But when they finally show the chandelier in the auction, and it rises up. The, and yeah, like are you the talking about where we hits, go from black and white to color? Yes. So cool. It that was is a great part. an impacting scene. And then all of a sudden, they're like, hey, and I've talked about soap operas recently, but it's like soap opera filter. Let's make yeah. everything cloudy, and it looks really dated from then on. I'll tell you what. Mini Driver as Carlotta, fantastic. Awesome. Super fun. Awesome. Uh, yeah. Patrick Wilson as Raul. Great. Totally Surprisingly bought. good. Emmy awesome. Rossum as, as Christine. Adorable. Yes, yes, yes. Yes. And you get the title role <laughs> of Family of the Opera, which was Gerard well, Butler. You know, in his defense, he wasn't a trained singer. No, he's like the only uh, not trained He wasn't really a cast. trained actor at this point either. I think his... Only major movie was Dracula 2000. Did he 300 before this? No, no. it was after, three years oh, after. Right. So but Dracula 2000. Yeah, well, and Hugh Jackman was supposed to play the role, but he had Van Helsing going on, so he couldn't do he it. Would oh, be, wow. He would be terrible, uh, though. Katie Holmes was actually originally slated to be Christine, and then Fre- oh, Emmy Rossum was perfect. And then it was going to be Anne Hathaway, but she had to do Princess Diaries 2, Royal Engagement, Thank so she couldn't do it. And then you get Emmy Rossum, and I, I really did think it was... I, I would have liked this more had it not been for Gerard Butler, because... Michael Crawford in the original Family of the Opera, his voice is so good. Just right. like, like butter, as so, they say. Like butter. I think like butter. One of the very best songs in with, with Michael Crawford is The Point of No Return. Yeah. Gerard Butler makes that the worst song in this show. Well, it's because you have to listen to him being moody and ugh, he doesn't so he doesn't sing high because he can't hit the high no. notes. And I understand that. I can't hit high notes. 
But he can't electronically. He does is he starts to do raspy. Like, and there's, yeah. oh, man, there's one part, and I'm going to do it like he does. He goes, go now, go now and leave me. <laughs> like, he says that, and I'm like, the way you said that just made me want to punch in the in You the sound massive. like me when I see an attractive girl. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, this. It's, and it's too bad I hate to pull the movie down because I actually think the quality of the movie is not super great for what the musical is, for what the legacy is. Yeah. This is a poor, poor, and that's what we're judging this on. Not this like the movie. Yes, not, not like, the hey, is the, is the music bad? No, it's classic. Although, but how's the adaptation? My wife has the soundtrack. Yeah. And I have, I have like the original Broadway cast mm-hmm. or an original London cast. One of the two. I can't remember which right now off the top of my head, but it's got Michael Crawford and Sarah Brightman. Okay. She had the single disc movie soundtrack. Mm-hmm. And then when we put them on our, on our computer, I'd say play Phantom of the Opera and it would play the stupid version and I get so bugged. So I had to create a playlist of just, no, this is the pure Phantom. Go now, go now and leave me. I love when the Phantom of the Opera, like the proper song, you have this awesome epic organ music and you know what's going to support that? Just so much synth. Yeah. yeah. Why does it do that? It's the, but that's the play. The well, play does that. And there's and a lot of just, why. a lot of the epic songs are being played in the background as they're just riding a boat. To a yeah. place. It's just like more like a music video to well, me. And Masquerade. Have, I saw yeah. this one, gentlemen. Yes. I've seen it at, at Her Majesty's Theater in London at the oh. West End. Okay, take and it easy. It, this was like one of my most favorite performances I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. And that part, it's so cool because the stage is transforming right in front of your eyes. They're, they're walking down walkways. All of a sudden, there's a boat and, and it's gliding across the stage and it looks like it's on water. Uh-huh. Candles come up out of the ground. It's amazing. And then I watched this movie and I was like, that's eh, not as cool. No. Give it tier three or I'll slap you. I give it a tier two. Okay. What? It's a tier three. Tier I give it. A, I give it a tier two because I love this musical so much. Okay. okay. It, it's it's good. Source I just material. don't think the adaptation nails it at all. I think in any way, it's only Gerard Butler. Like they're they put their uh, the weight on his shoulders. It's a foggy filter this it. entire movie. It's enough of a draw. Or it's it, or enough many of a drivers saying, down. "Where's my doggy?" That is one of my. She's great. She's great. Gerard Butler is ruining this movie completely. No, it's horrible. also Jennifer Ellison is Meg. <sighs> Some of the story itself is really dour and dumb. Yeah, I mean, I talked about synopsis. Yeah. Speaking of dour uh, and and depressing, 2007's Hairspray. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, woke up today. (laughs) Okay. Good morning, uh, Baltimore. This is an interesting one because the movie, the original Hairspray movie, came out in 1988. Right. John Waters movie. John Waters movie came out in 1988. Ricky Lake's in it. And then, you know, movie did, it was kind of a cult classic, didn't Mm -hmm. really go anywhere. But then they put it to music on Broadway and from 2002 to 2009, 2,642 performances. Then they decided to make a movie. Because it was uh, what Harvey Firestein? He He's the, the the guy who talks like this. Yeah, that's pretty well, Harvey, good. Yeah. He's the one who put the show. <laughs> oh, 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 I was trying to be careful and not say the other guy yeah. who, yeah. Did, who uh, definitely produced Chicago, and that made me uncomfortable. Yeah. But uh, yeah, Harvey Firestein put this out and played... Feinstein? Uh, Feinstein. Something like Feinstein? That. He's anyway, in Independence yeah. Day. It, yeah, he's the guy in the pants. Okay, you're, you're hurting my throat. Yeah. So pleasantly plump teenager Tracy Turnblad teaches 1962 Baltimore a thing or two about integration after landing a spot on a local TV dance show. Yeah, uh, songs include uh, Good Morning in Baltimore and You Can't Stop the Beat. You Can't Stop the Beat. I can hear the bells. I saw this one in Vegas randomly at the Luxor. Wow. It's a really good production. And so when the movie was announced, I'm like, I'm pretty excited for that. And the movie's kind of a joy to watch they got an ensemble cast here of like john travolta michelle pfeiffer christopher walken amanda Bynes, james marsden queen latifah britney snow zach afron elijah kelly Allison jenny and nikki blonsky is the mm-hmm. title character well as the main character since the title character her name's not hairspray <laughs> i think this movie is quite delightful actually 
it has such a fun look yes. to it. Like just the, I love the choreography in this one. I really like the, the like the costume design and the set design. Like mm-hmm. they captured that a lot of fun. It's bubblegum. Like it will probably in the truest form. It's, Loose, it's, it loses its flavor within twenty minutes, but still, well, it's bubblegum that has like a, a rose's thorn in it of racism. <laughs> it, but it solves racism. No, it gets, Zach. it's, it's bubblegum that will lecture you after you chew it for a while. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it gets it gets pretty heavy handed at times. It, yeah, really. And this is also we mentioned it before a lot of this, and I don't want to play into Zach's hand here, but this does feel like a second act, a second act slump. Where the first act is where all the fun stuff is, and you get in the second act, you're like marches trying to chug through it, and there's something fun, and then you're chugging again. But it it has a fun ending. I quite enjoyed it, Uh, but this is not one that I would choose to watch many, many times. You're giving it a tier three. Whoa, Amanda Bynes is in it. She is in her heyday. She's adorable in this. Joel, you're right. It's a tier three. Thank you, Zach. It's a tier two because the music is quite fun. The music is super fun. You can't stop the beat. It's it's a great song. Best in the show. But then you get You're Timeless to Me. I definitely need Christopher Walken singing to John Travolta. (laughs) Well, John Travolta, I think, was wrong for the role. The way he talked to us, he's like, oh, Tracy, don't do that. Leave, go now, go now and leave me. This is the second film starring Michelle Pfeiffer and Christopher Walken. The first being Batman Returns. Oh, yeah. There I like that one. Uh, also, this is another lie because even though set, they, the whole movie is about Baltimore. <laughs> it wasn't even here. It's filmed in Toronto. That, that's, wait, that's Toronto. the lie you're going to call it out for? What other lie is there? They well, the fact that it's just fiction. <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> but I mean, Oklahoma, not filmed in Oklahoma. Hairspray, so it's, not filmed in Baltimore. You're mad about geographical lies. Okay, sing about it. I'm mad about geographical lies. <laughs> Geographical lies make me angry, so I'm going to lecture you. Yeah, we cured racism. Tell me lies, geographical lies. Oh, that would have been better. Yeah. This is, it's only half a Snyder cut. You can watch it. It's fine. So it's a Joss Whedon cut. <laughs> it's one, it's one Justice League. <laughs> All right. Now, also in 2007, a little bit later in that year, and thematically similar, uh, we have Sweeney Todd, the demon barber of Fleet Street. And the tale of Sweeney Todd. Not even um, in that movie. I know they cut out that song, which I love, yeah. but I, it makes sense. Why? Well, he said, like, instead of telling people we're going to attend the tale, let's just attend the tale. Yeah. It doesn't make any sense for that to be in the show. They give it the orchestral version at the very beginning. Yeah. Which uh, so, is going to be okay. I, I want to point, bring this up that uh, I watched this one originally on <laughs> You're not. clear play. I think it was original because it's in our rating. And I was like, oh, let's see what in it. What's in it. It cut out almost the entire opening credits. Oh, because oh, it's a stream of blood. Because it's a stream of blood going through like gears and down a drain. Very oh, so car- I, I definitely turned down the filters after that. Yeah. Very cartoony. Very cartoony. It's blood. Yeah. But backing it up, uh, the original Broadway one was from 1979 to 1980. Only 557 performances. People didn't find the love for it until the revivals. Mm. So it's the infamous story of Sweeney Todd who sets up a barbershop in London, which is the basis for a sinister partnership with his fellow tenant, Mrs. Lovett. Songs include Joanna, Pretty Women, A Little Priest, By the Sea, Not While I'm Around. My Friends. Yes. Epiphany. Oh, yeah. that's too. Uh, this is directed by Tim Burton, and this is oh, the only R-rated musical we have on yeah. Where were you guys at 2007? Did you care about Tim Burton at this time? Were you done with Johnny Depp? I was done with Tim Burton, done with Johnny Depp. But Same. I was, I was 17. Okay. And uh, I devoured this movie. Joel? Well, we, we talked about this on uh, Bake It's episode 77 from Pee Wee to Peregrine, <laughs> Tearing Tim Burton. <laughs> I just before this had found a love for Sweeney Todd. I didn't really know the play until I was in college. And, I, and then I, I read it, actually. I read the, the play. Like I got the playbook and I was just kind of reading through it. <laughs> Loved it and devoured it and then got the music and was thoroughly enjoying that. I was actually Sweeney Todd for Halloween before this movie came out, mind you. 
But I did you have like the skunk hair or was it? From, no, it was just it was kind of the, the slick down barber yeah, look. The and then, but I had the pale complexion with the dark eyes. Nice. My wife was Mrs. Lovett. She was very kind to go along with nice. me on that. But in regard to Tim Burton, no, I hadn't grown tired of him. And in regard to Johnny Depp, uh, I mean, <laughs> oh, I totally was. I did not care about seeing this movie. And as soon as I, because I was like, oh, Johnny Depp with his accent that he can't get rid of. This movie won me over. But Johnny Depp can't sing. It's fine because that's his role, though. It is. He's kind of. It's like singing from that? the back of his, his throat. Do that almost. again. He's, yeah, I'm he's not going to do it. He's kind of. He's kind of like, kind of like a pirate. pirate. <laughs> but it works for the role. I, I've never seen the musical, and I don't know how beautiful the singer actually is. He, well, it's but a, because he's so sinister, it works. There are not many baritone leads out there, Kent. Mm-hmm. But Sweeney Todd was one that I was like, this guy can sing. He does it well. And then Johnny Depp comes in. He does this kind of raspy sing. Yeah, it didn't well, same thing with Helena Bonham Carter. She had never sung before, and Mrs. Lovett is one of the most demanding female roles vocally. I, I thought Helena Bonham Carter definitely looked the part, though. I, and I have just, had it just on average. She always looks. The she part. always looks like the part yeah. of Mrs. Lovett. Yeah. If imagine you, you remember Les Mis with Liam Neeson. Oh yeah, nineteen ninety-eight. Not a musical. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's what this is set up to be. It, imagine take out the music from this, and you just have like this is perfectly cast for a non-musical version of this yes, story. Agreed. Agreed. And so adding the music is, uh, it's beautiful music. Stephen Sondheim, he's a, he's a genius. He's, I don't like most of his stuff. I like this. Uh, yeah, I, I'm totally biased towards him. But this is the only adaptation of his works that he approves of, by the way. Hmm. I think because the look is perfect. Yeah. The look is, uh, like it is absolutely perfect. And I don't know if it's just that we got lucky because this is Tim Burton's thing or maybe he's like really feeling what was going on. But I, this isn't, as far as musical or movie adaptations go, I think this is a really strong one. They cut out everything that didn't need to be there. Um, there's extra stuff in the show. Of course, a lot of these cut it out, but I think they pared it down perfectly for this one. Mm-hmm. I think the tone feels right. You, you know what? The singing is not that great. But well, he yeah. said, I think uh, it was Burton said, we're not out to make a Broadway show. We're out to make a movie. Exactly. And so I think they, they very much succeed in that. And they, the way they filmed it, the actors don't feel dubbed. Because no. they actually sang when they were performing. And yeah, yeah. like they recorded it in a studio later, but, but it, it feels good. The problem is they marketed this one. They didn't really mention it was a musical. Oh, no. I, I saw people walk out when they I was had, in theaters. You did? Yep. I saw this in theaters once and actually, was, I saw it twice. Because the first thing you see is Johnny Depp on the boat and he's like, there's no place like London. And I felt like a lot of people probably, because I knew it was a musical, but like when they did the, the trailer, it was the beautiful score, which is Sondheim and Elfman kind of mixed together. And then they don't really ever show Johnny Depp singing. And I think a lot of people were caught off guard by that. All right. It's a tier one. Really? I I actually gave it a tier two. Wow. After all that? No, because once again, I had my expectations of the musical here. And then Johnny Depp came in and that. Oh, wow. Once again, it's the same problem with Phantom. The main player, I was not sold in their singing role in the movie. I get it. And so it dropped it down. Dang. But I do own this one and I do watch it almost every Halloween. (laughs) Zach, oh, it's it's a beautiful Stephen Sondheim show about a barber. It's tier one. Like, oh yeah, oh yeah. okay, easy, easy oh, bias show in there, buddy. Uh, funny, I was like, I was little seventeen year old Zach going to LDS seminary in my Sweeney Todd t shirt. <laughs> very inappropriate. Hey, hey, the Mormon Tabernacle Choir has sung "Not While I'm Around." That's I have the recording. Song. It's a beautiful yeah. song from Sweeney Todd. It's not as good as Pretty Women, which is the best song in the show. But Pretty, oh man, that's an yeah. intense part. It's Although, yeah, exactly. It's the, a sweet song with a tense moment. But the funny, the funnest number is obviously a little, uh, a little priest. Yeah, that's true. That's Joanne true. is the best song. Oh, okay. We're moving on. Yeah. Speaking of fun numbers, 2008's Mamma Mia. Here we go again. 
<laughs> okay. That's uh, the sequel, actually. This ran from 2001 to 2015. 5,773 performances. Not as much as Phantom, but wow, that's a lot. And the movie came out kind of in the middle of that, early stages of that. So it's the story of a bride-to-be trying to find her real father told using hit songs from the popular 1970s group ABBA. Can we have an ABBA show, please? Like, uh, I, th- I think that'd be fun. I feel like this musical is a cheat. Yeah, if I say notable songs, basically just look up ABBA's Greatest Hits album yeah. and get like Dancing Queen, Take a Chance on Me, Waterloo, things like Lay that. So you love on you me. mentioned... The winner takes it all. You mentioned Ugh. not liking certain performances. Uh, <laughs> Pierce Brosnan is like the iconic bad performance, oh, right? Oh, like Stellan Skarsgård did that much better. Of course he didn't. <laughs> Fun fact, the cast members all did their own singing for better or so much, much, Pierce much Brosnan worse. was Good just told, them. hey, do you want to be in a movie in Greece with Meryl Streep and he said yes and then he was told that it was Mamma Mia he's like well, you gone? well I'm here I can't see anything other than Meryl Streep in overalls in this movie <laughs> I feel like they were all just kind of like eh, wear what you're wearing Meryl, Meryl Streep did take opera lessons as a child and she sang in a couple of the films of course she did like uh, uh, Death Becomes Her she sings in that one oh yeah so but this one I, I don't know this it makes me mad because this is the highest, the biggest box office we're talking about today. Yeah, it, It's $615 million. The second biggest movie in the UK after Avatar. It's ridiculous. It, it, this was the fifth highest grossing film of 2008. It was beat by The Dark Knight, Kingdom of the Crystal Skull, Kung Fu Panda, and Hancock. But it beat. This, this made more money than Wally uh, and Iron Man. Yeah. I, well, it came out the same day as The Dark Knight. Yeah, I remember <laughs> hating this movie for that, trying to be like this... Uh, counter-programming. Yeah. yeah, counter-programming. I hated it for a long time, but it's ABBA music. It's ABBA music. Like, I, this is a tear through my mind, but it's beautiful to watch. It's ABBA music on a bad karaoke night. Still. They're having fun. It's a tier two. Don't you dare! It's Why? It's a tier two. I'm sorry, I had it tier three Can't for a while. you traitor, get out of my face! <laughs> Well, Joel, I, I'm sorry to say, this is probably, of this list, I may have seen this the most of any movie. <laughs> that no. doesn't mean anything. You it, could have been made to watch it against your will. It, it, it was on a lot at the time, and I'm going to give it a tier two. I find it very I hate charming. you both. <laughs> you both kind of suck. Hey, your chance of staying on the show is slipping through Joel's fingers <laughs> all the time. And when <laughs> Give me, give me, give me your pay. Your face is to punch. <laughs> nope, nope, nope. So it's a tier three from you. Tier, tier three. From us. Tier three. It's ABBA music, though. I'll listen to ABBA. I'm not going to watch Mamma Mia. <laughs> this is one of those ones, like I said, this is one that probably looks... I want to see this one on stage. Yeah. But on screen, they're like doing the whole big movement. But it's Greece, though. Amanda Seyfried's eyes take up half the screen. <laughs> Good heavens. <laughs> this movie confused me Sing and annoyed it, Joel. me. This movie Sing confused it. me and annoyed me. Uh, Christine Berinsky? She's fantastic. She's great. Almost <laughs> everything she does. Molly Weasley's in it? She's fine. No. <laughs> Calling for Mr. Darcy's there. That doesn't help you, moron. <laughs> James Bond. Oh, all right. Well, there we are. Oh. Now let's move over to 2012's Les Miserables. Uh, now, Les Mis is a powerhouse. It ran from 1987. The original Broadway one was from 1987 to 2003. 6,680 performances. Notable songs, uh, Look Down, At the End of the Day. I'm having a hard time not seeing that. I dreamed a dream. Notable Who am songs. I? Master of the house on my own. One day more, do you hear the people sing? I found a castle in a cloud. A little fall of rain. <laughs> By the stars. Okay. Was that sloth? 
Just saying. No, yeah, it's it's uh, Russell Crowe and Hugh Jackman. So your time is up and your parole's begun. You know no, what that, that means? Yes, Russell it Crow. means I'm free. Now this is another one where they Hate wanted. It. Hate it. They wanted the raw audio, so yeah. they had. Like the actors wear earpieces where they'd play a piano accompaniment, mm-hmm. just a piano, so they could sing to the tune and rhythm. But they wanted them to record their actual voices, and that's why you get them like out of breath or like pausing. Uh, bad, bad. I think is the word you're looking. It's for. not it's, polished. It's bad. live. It's bad. Right? I've seen it's, live. It live is. is it is a. Ch- it is a choice. But it's live actors. These aren't the people who are at the twenty five twenty fifth anniversary with, with a, a camera one inch from your nose. Uh, it's actually the fisheye lens that they use. It's horrible on this. But the production value outside of their faces is quite good. I'd like mm. you to sing that well when you're getting a haircut, Zach. <laughs> oh, oh, you'd cry right now. They I, really cut Anne Hathaway's hair. Yeah, like she let them cut. Their By hair. the way, uh, fun fact: Anne Hathaway's mom played Fantine when it first came to Broadway in nineteen eighty seven. Cool. Aww. Uh, this received. I find eight. that interesting. Yeah. This, <laughs> so just add one to this the list. received eight Academy Award nominations, including Best Picture and uh, Best Actor for Jackman. I got nominated for that as well, but only won three: Best Sound Mixing, Best Makeup, and Hairstyling, and Best Supporting Actress. And Hathaway won. I think we yeah. were all disappointed when we saw this one because it's it's long, right? It's an investment. 158 and, minutes. And it's the, not that long. Well, the, sh- the show is long. The, the music is so good that when you see it performed by certain actors, and, and in a certain like yeah. it was a choice. The it, way this was filmed, it was almost a feels foolproof because you you're like, oh, the notable songs are every single song that's in the show. Yes, yeah. you know, the, uh, my, well, I think the best song is "One Day More," or at least it, the more. medley is so good. It should be, it, but, it is but it's really not good. because of this cast. I think Eddie together Redmayne. works out really well. I'm Captain Fishlips, and crying. <laughs> <laughs> I only like Eponine. She's she's good because yeah, she's an actually a singer. She actually plays the, the role. Broadway play. Ra- of course not. Red Black. It, you actually have Broadway talent, Aaron Tveit. Like you, that's awesome because you have somebody who can actually sing. Mm-hmm. Great, but I rewatched this one today. Russell Crowe still not good. Not the worst offender of any movie musical. He is uh, not. Uh, uh, he I, doesn't have the chops to sing it, but he acts it quite well. My yes, own, correct. Yeah, my unpopular opinion: Hugh Jackman is the worst. I think his emotional acting fantastic. Mm-hmm. His singing, this was not his role. Yeah. He's just... I agree. I think that it is a case of miscasting as far as this is such a vocally demanding show. Yeah. Right. I think Hugh Jackman's good. I think Russell Crowe's good. Eddie Redmayne's fine, but they can't sing it. Having seen Bring Him Home on stage... It's amazing. Yeah. yeah. I've seen Lame Miz a couple times. Hugh Jackman just doesn't. He no. doesn't nail it. No. He's he, not Colm Wilkinson. Because he's not a... Is it a tenor role? Yes. I don't think yes. he's a tenor. He's not a... And it's a very sweet... You know, role, yeah. but but at the same time, um, some of the most prominent people who've played this role are like country singers. You know, well, it, it's mm. it's a different I style. Mean, Hugh Jackman, ha- ha- he was in Oklahoma. He was in this movie. Boy He's from in, Oz. Uh, Greatest um, Showman. Greatest Showman. Ugh. Whenever he also gets, not very good in Greatest Showman. When, well, no, he, no. He, I think he's actually a very good singer, except for when he gets in the high notes, he does this weird kind of back of the throat thing. From now on, yeah, it's terrible. No, but, but he's he's terrible. It's better than I can nice. do. He's so charismatic. I love Hugh Jackman. I just don't like when he sings. I think he does good singing in other roles, but not in this one. Yeah. And I feel bad saying that because I, oh, we, do we all agree Anne Hathaway nailed it, though? Yes. Because hers Zach. Fantine. Zach. Zach. I'm just going to not say anything. Hers Fantine was really, really well done about like how I interpret Fantine to be. I was really happy when I found out she was playing Fantine because I know how soon she goes away. She's great in this movie. Great. Mm-hmm. 
<laughs> I dreamed a dream. Zach was off the show. <laughs> There's going to be a soundtrack of just kicking Zach off the show. <laughs> uh, no, everyone has their opinion. Even yours is wrong. But still, Kent, I gave this a tier two. It's a tier two. Okay. Tier three. I hate it. You hate it? Because I, your I expectations will. for what it should be. It's Les Mis. It's Les Mis. Yeah, it's, it's kind of crazy where Les Mis and Phantom being the two big players, There's, as we know. Yeah. Right? They're the two most disappointing adaptations. Yeah. yeah. We just had, is it because our expectations were too high, yeah. though? Yeah. Because they are so good when they're on stage. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Now we have 2014's Into the Woods. To Grandmother's House! Uh, Another Stephen Sondheim. Uh, the original Broadway one really? was uh, from 1987 to 1989, only 765 performances. A witch tasks a childless baker and his wife with procuring magical items from a classical fairy tales to reverse the curse put on their family tree. Did you know this is the first uh, Disney movie that Meryl Streep was in? Yeah. Crazy, right? It's kind of weird to think about. Hmm. Kent, I heard you moaning. I hate this. Do you? Do wait, you wait, 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 wait. Notable songs. Oh, yeah. Into the Woods. And Agony. Yeah. Those are the only two. There's only two yeah. songs. Because yeah. Into the Woods plays 47 times. In yeah, this. The woods and dun, I, I saw dun, this one at the old, dun, 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 the old uh, Hale Center Theater in West Valley. Yeah, yeah. And uh, hated every second. Did you uh, live with a theater person who loved it? Yes. I think that's a factor. Go on. I think there is this thing amongst theater people, especially women, who just adore this show and sing it. And, you know, if you say, I wish, they'll just go immediately yeah. into it and sing the whole thing. And there are giants in the sky. Wow. Uh, I, good harmony, fellas. <laughs> yeah, pretty yeah. good. I, uh, I get it. Well, this shows a little grating. Well, the, the thing about Sondheim is it's very, you know, there's dissonance. There's not a lot of melody. Like it's, it's kind of just he's an acquired taste. Right. But they swung for the fences with this one by putting Emily Blunt, Meryl Streep, James Corden, Anna Kendrick, Chris Prine, <laughs> Tracy Ullman. <laughs> James uh, Corden doesn't get paid for movies. He just Johnny wants on Depp. set. Yeah. Basically, they're, they're just saying we got this huge cast to do this. I've never been a fan of this play. Yeah. And the movie also didn't do any favors. I'd rather get a giant sewing needle and stick it in one ear and out through the other. Wow. And have to hear that say ever again. That seems a little strong. Even the Bernadette Peters one. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I like Bernadette Peters. She's great. I don't really like this adaptation. Uh, I like Into the Woods though. Would you have liked You like it? the humor of it. You like kind of like the, the I like the cynicism. Yeah. Would yeah. you have liked it back in the nineties when they were originally going to put this as a movie and they had a reading with Rob Williams is the baker, Goldie mm-hmm. Hawn is the baker's mm-hmm. wife, Cher as the witch, mm-hmm. Danny DeVito as the giant, Steve mm-hmm. Martin as the wolf, and Roseanne as Jack's mother. Danny DeVito is the giant. That sounds awesome. Roseanne. I'd be yeah. cool with that. Musical. I'd watch that. Was well, it going to be a musical because Roseanne singing? I think it has to be a musical. How mm. can you do this one not a musical? She, yeah. I think as far as, as like musical adaptations goes, this is a lovely uh, movie. It's fine enough. Uh, but I do think the problem with it is it isn't funny enough. The no. stage show is actually quite funny. And this is... They do pull out a lot of the humor. Quite dour. Yeah. And well, Chris Pine is great. Chris Pine is great. And that, that the agony scene is, is a highlight. Agony. And, and in the stage production, they come back and sing another version. Right. Because they're not satisfied with their lives. They got what they wanted. They don't like it. So they sing it again. And it's like, I honestly wish this movie had that because I just want those guys to come back. That scene was hilarious. Yeah. They chopped it down a bit. And they, I think they chopped out the wrong parts because... I feel like this is the look of the movie is a lot of fun. Like the, the sets and the costumes, mm-hmm. it's all very cool to look at. But I was unimpressed with the musical on stage. This didn't do any better. This is a tier three. Tier three. Uh, I'm going to give it a tier. Th- oh, yeah. It ended up being a tier three. Okay. Yay. Yeah. 
And I'm, I'm a defender of the show, but I didn't really like this production. Uh, though I will say, No One Is Alone, I think is a lovely song, and also Children Will Listen, a lovely song. So but they don't. Yeah, okay. <laughs> My kids don't listen to me. <laughs> and we are finally to our final movie. My gosh, there are so many. Uh, this is We have so many more, too, that we haven't done. We, so many more. Well, we this should be pretty quick. We very recently talked about this movie. It's 2021's In the Heights. $96,000. I love Kent's version of this. It's a ballad, actually. Oh, yeah. $96,000. I wish I had not. It just keeps going. Yeah. The original Broadway run of In the Heights was from 2008 to 2011. Uh, 2005, though, when it started. Broadway run. Not when it started, but when it's the Broadway run. Yes, yes. Of course. I know. Uh, Of course you should know. I know it started in 2005. 1,184 performances. So Usnavi, a sympathetic New York bodega owner, saves every penny every day as he imagines and sings about a better life. <laughs> doesn't get it. Um, and then <laughs> the last ones include In the Heights, $96,000 and Pace, uh, Paciencia y Fe. I like that's canon now. Directed by John Chu, who did Gem and the Holograms and Now You See Me Too. It's uh, three-fifths of a Snyder Cut. It's 143 minutes, yeah. So it's funny, like, I badmouth this one in the review saying it's so long. And then look at some of these musicals we've talked about. This is two hours, 23 minutes. That's less than some of the classics yeah. that we mentioned. It, I think for modern musical, the pacing, the pacing feels long, but I think it's because it's such a, I don't want to say frenetic, but it, it is a very snappy movie. Yeah. Yet it somehow doesn't move at a snappy pace. Well, and they were originally going to do this movie uh, back in 2008 and Kenny Ortega uh, was supposed to direct it. He did like, you know, Newsies and High School, high school musical. musical. Yeah. yeah. Very popular. We talked about this already. I was underwhelmed with this movie. I don't think it was bad. Really enjoyable. Just nothing stood out for me. Yeah. I'm giving it a tier three only because it hasn't stood the test of time yet. It's high tier three. There's not, that's not a thing. It's high tier three. Zach, it's a high tier three. I'm really sorry. Uh, I give it a tier two. Okay. I, I, we, you guys know, I like it better than, than you, you both. You put this as a tier two. But this is a tier two. I like when it. You gave, didn't you give Sound of Music tier three? Because I don't have problems <laughs> with this. I don't have issues with this. You know, I, I, no, you just have issues. It, it, that's true. <laughs> you're, just, true. you're mad at Zach. It's I can't time remember. to end the show I, and I'm be actually, nice. I'm trying to remember what he put in tier three that I'm mad at him about, but I can't remember. <laughs> yeah, There's it was something, something that I'm mad about. Annie. Was, it was Annie. Annie. Probably. Yeah. I, I think this is enjoyable. And I, the problem that it has is it's not Dumb so host. Why are you giving it tier three? <laughs> 96,000 hosts now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're never going to keep a host now. Oh. Yeah, that's We true. love you, Zach. Um, yeah, I, I think this is an enjoyable movie. We'll see. I don't think uh, it's going to be... Test of time, I'm really curious about. Test of time, I, I, don't, I think it'll slip away. All right. Well, good news, gentlemen. You have all uh, correctly done Woo. your proportions. Woo. Six tier one, six tier two. Worried six about tier that. Three. Yeah. So what do we agree on then? We have two that we agreed on. One of them based on peer pressure. Um, <laughs> officially... Only two? The only one walking into the Bacon Cave today was Fiddler on the Roof. Which makes sense. makes sense. I was feeling on the roof. And then you guys talked to me uh, correctly, I should add. I feel good about it uh, into making Sound of Music a tier one as well. Uh, we gave the lowest scoring to Into the Woods. We all gave it a tier three. That was the only one that we all gave tier three. Accurate. Makes sense. Yes. So there we go. Let us know if you agree with our rankings or if you don't and you're wrong. Uh, let us know on, on Facebook, on Instagram, on Twitter. We are there to listen to you. But also keep in mind, we're giving six tier ones, six tier twos, and six tier threes. With more movies to come. Yes, we have a whole other section that we were going to get to, but we still may have missed some. So let us know if there are ones that we didn't include that you think we should include that were stage productions that then became movies. That's what we're looking for for the second round of this. We'll get to the other ones later. Can we talk about Camelot? And cats? We will. Cats. Yeah. Cats. We will. 
But before we go, we'd like to give some love to our patrons. You sound um, angry right now. I'm full oh, yeah, of emotion. Oh, yeah. Oh, I'm yeah. dancing. It's just emotion. It's not yeah. anger. I'm dancing. I'm full uh, but of this emotion. includes uh, Sean Sanquist, Plot Twist Media, Lady Terry A. Findlay, Just Plain Old Kyler, Jennifer Kukowski, Glowclin Daniel, Chris Trout, Brayden Winterton, Babs, Allison Gall, Alicia Bass, Adrian Gray, and Adam and Rachel Crump. And then we have the Bacon Council, who we just had dinner with. Uh, which includes The Shadow, Stephen Ross, Ryan and Marley Farron, our favorite couple, The Madsons, Nicole D. Kale, Go Nights Go, Matts, Chris Anderson, Her Royal Highness Jessica Terry, and Reverse Listener. Thank you, patrons. We appreciate your support. Thank you. You are the orchestra pit to our podcast. Why'd you just call them a pit? Because, the pits. because musicals could not exist without the orchestra pit. Oh, that's oh, this, is where we, to them. this is where we point to them. Yeah, so we point to them, hands down at the stage. But if you want to find me, you can find me at 76 Joel on Twitter. You can find me performing with Quickets. They're performing live on stage again. Woo-hoo! For more details, go to qwcomedy.com or go to the Quickwits Facebook page. You can find me on Twitter or Instagram at Kenny3DD. If you want to read my movie reviews at ShowtimeShowdown.com. If you'd like to connect with me, you can do so on Twitter and Instagram at TumblingMustard. But more importantly, make sure you're following Bacon Sale on social media. Go to that Facebook page and click like. And then also swing by the Twitter and Instagram at Bacon Sale and join in on the fun over there. And if, while you're doing that, stop by tpublic.com slash bacon sale. Get yourself some merch. Uh, I feel like there's some new stuff on the way. We mm-hmm. should put some new stuff up there. Yeah, we should. It should be fun. And if you like what's going on on Bacon Sale and want to support us further, first of all, listening is enough. Telling your friends is enough. But if you want to go that extra step, stop by patreon.com slash bacon sale where support starts at just $3 a month and you can get some fun perks, including the mostly weekly bacon bits where we talk about a lot. A lot of a lot of stuff, a lot, personal a lot of things. things, personal things. I can I tell you what's been going on with me, and, and then Kent Z- tells a dating story. Yeah, yeah with Zach and Kent's girlfriend. <laughs> you don't want to know. Patreon.com/slash bacon sale. So until next time, so long, farewell, off we to saying goodbye. Do 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 do. If your emotions become too big for your barbecue, then you need to punch a torpedo. Mother, mother, mother. Oklahoma. Oh, Tawilla. You forgot, you forgot the, the quote. quote. Is minutes. that a unit of measurement? Three-fifths of a Snyder Cut. So a perfect measurement. And Jimmy's friends are talking about zero population. I love if you're going to show that kind of aggression, yeah. sing it. <laughs> Is that your ugly cry? Yeah. Oh, uh, knock musical. it off. Another C minus musical. Shared musical universe. <laughs> Joel. Joel, you stupid idiot. Be nice Joel, to yourself. Joel, stop being an idiot. Love yourself. Why are you slowing down the show by looking up something that's not important right now? <laughs> start singing, Liesel. Doe. Leo, Leo, Leo. Christopher Plummer's a hottie. She had no more talent than a butterfly's fart. This well, movie. goodbye, Zachary. We're starting to sing because we're angry again. <laughs> I don't know. I kind of like people hating Zach. It reminds me of her, and I like her better than you guys. Six eight of a Snyder cut. Ada, yada, 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 yada. <laughs> it's kind of a convenient name. Uh, and apply them <laughs> to uh, Topol's eyebrows. I can say it. I can get away with it. <laughs> I got Jewish bias. Look, I am. And it ends so cute. Oh, I'm going to get emotional just thinking about it. Oh, whoa, Grease Lightning. Whoa. <laughs> Wait, what does it mean? Uh, no. It has Lorenzo Lamas in it. Oh. Chipmunks lied to me. Did you believe uh-huh. everything the chipmunks have told you? Chipmunks lied to me. Yeah. Tomorrow, tomorrow, a new host tomorrow. <laughs>
I think I was a dumb kid. Give it tier three or I'll slap you. Alphabetical, Zach. Alphabetical, then. Speaking of Dallas. Zach, in case the date is the the year of the release is the same, we go with alphabetical. It's bubblegum that has like a a rose's thorn in it of racism. Geographical lies make me angry. So I'm going to lecture you. Yeah, we cured racism. Tell me lies, geographical lies. He's kind of like 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 a pirate. pirate. I can't see anything other than Meryl Streep in overalls. By the stars. Zach. 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 I'm just going to not say anything. I dreamed a dream. Zach was off the show. (laughs) And there are giants in the sky. I'd rather get a giant sewing needle and stick it in one ear and out through the other. Go now, go now and leave me.